And Nancy, how's everything going? What I gotta do now is just create the textile, and I'm gonna shred it because my person's a cat and has been bald. I create wearable art. I was inspired by cats, but when I design, it's not me, it's we. It's the fabric or the textiles I made, and we decide what it wants to be. I'm taking such a risk, but I'm going to be the authentic Nancy. You know, my hair needs a trim. Nancy, you taking appointments over there? Hello, lovely listeners. Welcome back into the workroom, a Project Runway love cast. I am Ernest. And I'm Patricia. And we are here for another chat about this hair-raising saga <laughs> that is the show Project Runway. Two Point Bravo. Also, just a little note, please spread the word. We are in episode two of this season and it is starting to take off. So if any of y'all know any fellow fans of Project Runway who you feel like they're out in the wilderness somewhere with very few people to vent to, first of all, you vent with them and then you send them our way because just, you know, you you all know this podcast is not for the casual watcher of the show. Um, this is for the deep diver. So we're going to go into this. So as always, we have our cheat sheets ready and um, I will prompt y'all when to um, click on the link in the show notes when we get to that part of the show. And as always, follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash the workroom and Instagram at the workroom podcast. I think that's it. Yeah. So here we are again. We're um, basically where we left off last week, right? So um, if you guys will remember... Oh my goodness. We are just coming off of a double elimination <laughs> from episode one. And it's pretty, it's hitting the designers pretty hard because I think, you know, you have the um, relief of being done or being safe, but also, you know, you feel feeling a little threatened because that, I don't think that's ever, well, no, it has happened before where there has been a double elimination on the very first episode, but also kind of sets the ground for anything is possible and no one is safe really <laughs> yes so. and lo- logic can go out the window oh basically. yeah yeah definitely <laughs> oh man um we also so some people are you know okay but but we we get some people off the bat who are really freaked out and die young is one of them um you know she's like yeah no shit just got real so um. and you know, soon after we leave this incredibly tense waiting room, we wake up the next morning to ambulances, uh, flashing lights, and EMTs, and Da Young, limp in bed, <laughs> aching all over, and just not looking great. So, again, I'm you know, this is week one, <laughs> and it's, yeah, like a lot's going on. Um, but also they, so what ends up happening is that they actually cut the camera footage here because I'm pretty sure that what the EMTs do is they throw out the, um, the camera people from Dayoung's room so they can actually treat her because this is a real medical emergency. Um, and it cuts to a producer leading her out to a wheelchair that she gets carted out into the ambulance. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite a bit and also, of course, a reminder that the show is very hard. 
And it's interesting because, you know, later on it's like, oh, you know, Project Broadway doesn't look as, it's not as easy as it looks on TV. And I'm like, I, I never thought this show was easy. Never. And I'm just like, you know, perhaps Dayoung should have taken a note from Delvin and, you know, like laid out on that chaise a little bit, get yourself a kudo or some type of, you know, energy drink or whatever. Get yourself a macaron because my my um, guess was that she wasn't eating or drinking water oh, or, yeah. you know, something like that. Just kind of wearing out her entire system. Yeah. 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 Last time we saw a, 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 fr- a freezer filled with like pan, just one type of food. Right. So they're probably not feeding these contestants very well. I know. I mean, they've got what? Frozen pizza, frozen breakfast pizza. Um, um, that's right. Yeah. I think there is food in there, but it's, I mean, I don't know, not, not like last season where they had whole pans out, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're not seeing um, how they are taking care of themselves, but again, it's very early. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's a little disconcerting, but this is a competition and life moves on. And the designers, while they're all really worried about Dae Young, they, they head to the workroom while she heads to the hospital. Um, and then, you know, we kind of get updates about that later on. All right. So it's kind of awkward to go from something that is so medically um, serious to the actual show, the actual challenge. So we round, um, round the corner in the workroom all the designers are coming in off of the ferry and uh, they're greeted by one big ass door. It looks like a storybook door for like, you know, the, I don't know. What was that? Um, oh God, that giant James. Uh, what is, I don't know. There, there's a storybook show. Uh, there, uh, wait, it was a Jack and the greens in the, in the beanstalk. That's what it is. Um, isn't oh. there a giant in that story? I think there is. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm thinking of the the Green Giant. I don't know if that's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I th- I'm uh, pretty sure in Jack and the Beanstalk there is a Green Giant. Um, a Green Giant. Yeah, yeah. It's been that long since I've... It's been a long time since I've read that story or uh, thought about that story. But I instantly thought about that when I saw this door. Um, and I didn't think about what it actually was about. So... All the designers are looking at looking at it and they're just like, hey, so uh, is this a doorway of opportunities or is this um, some type of, I know, harbinger of terrible things are going to happen to us? Is a real life giant going to come out from behind that door? And yes, a giant comes out from behind the door. Her name is Carly Kloss. And <laughs> she, like, she walks on through and... Um, greets the designers and it's like, Oh, you know, great. No, there's a door that's actually my size. And it's just like, actually it's not your size, but it makes you look more normal sized. Um, <laughs> but she also instantly notices or, you know, was told by the producers to ask about Dae Young, but she's like, Oh, I noticed Dae Young's gone. Where is she? And it's almost mm-hmm. like Brittany, <laughs> Brittany goes, um, she, she's, she's fine. She, you know, she, she's, she's in the hospital, but you know, She's she's gonna make it through, and it's almost like Brittany was afraid that, you know, Die Young would automatically get eliminated from the show. She's like, we've already lost two people. Please, let's not lose someone yeah. else yet. Um, 
yeah, there was just a bit of like defensiveness going on there. But she's like, no, 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 she's fine. Leave her alone. Please eliminate her. Um, but no, she, you know, nothing is, she, she's generally just concerned and uh, just want to kind of put that out there that they are missing a designer um, on the second episode. Anyway, so let's get into this actual challenge. And the door is actually from the set of the movie Cats. So after that's revealed, we are treated with a terrifying trailer of this movie called Cats. Um, kind of like a background documentary deal where we we see, um, you know, the dan- uh, there are all these amazing dancers dancing around. And then we have our stars, Idris Elba, Taylor Swift, Jennifer Hudson, and I believe some, like a few other people. Um, so essentially, this is the inspiration for this challenge is the reimagined world of cats um, in the form of a, of, a, of a film, of a feature film. And they're challenged to make a street chic animal print. Um, because apparently animal prints are the new neutral. And I think if it hasn't... Well, apparently. Yeah, because, you know, like four other designers were wearing some version of an animal print. Not on purpose. Everyone's just freaking on trend. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, Jill Sander did not get this memo. Jill Sander has not been getting this memo. You know? No, no. <laughs> obviously not. But also... Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, I I kind of... Um, I, I Yeah. I know. I was hoping that there would be a little, something a little bit different from the inspiration from Cats. But um, I'm actually excited that this was a print challenge and specifically an animal print yeah. challenge because it's animal print is nothing that I have. I have no animal print. I don't think I've ever bought anything that has animal print on it. I like looking at it, mm. but it's not my style, but I love print. Yeah, same with me. That that makes two of us. I, I like how other people wear it, but I just it's not something I've ever done or feel compelled to do. Yeah, yeah, same. Um, all right, so we just have to point out that Brittany, who won last week, of course, has immunity, and she gets a choice to keep her model or to swap out. And of course, Brittany is going to keep her model. She's also nice. I, this decision has nothing to do with how nice Brittany is, but you know, it wasn't a surprise. So everyone runs to the back uh, to get their own model comp cards, and um, and then we jump to sketch time. So, yeah, I don't know this. So we have some time in the workroom and we instantly start off with Jeffrey, poor, poor Jeffrey, who is just like, ugh, animal prints. Ugh, I can't work with this stuff. It's so hard to show my signature pattern making designing with animal prints, which I actually thought was an interesting um, and, and valid critique of why he doesn't use animal prints. Um, because I, it, it is hard to think of them as a, as a, as something that is graphic and, or something that could be used the way a neutral is used. So he's struggling kind of right off the bat in a way. Um, but we also hear a little bit about Marquise as well. Who's one of the, uh, leopard print wearing people, leopard slash cheetah and, He's also has stuff on his he's, shoes. He's, yeah. 
I'm sorry, he's Leopard Print the Third. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's Carly, and then it's Christian, and then it's Marquise, and then he's kind of like, he's kind of Leopard Print the Third A and B because Marquise is wearing a print top and mm-hmm. trainers yep. that are the same. <laughs> yeah, and his shoes so great, and I think they're I think they're tiger print, and it looks like. It looks like it has like some type of texture to it. They're just so cool. Um, but we do hear a little bit more about Marquise's story. And he went to YouTube University. He is a self-taught designer. Um, nice. You know, spent a lot of time on those videos. And I know what that's about. YouTube is great for how-tos on how to sew just about anything. Um, okay. But yeah, no. But he talks about how he moved to New York City in pursuit of design and also did try to enroll in um, a traditional fashion school, but was rejected. Um, but, you know, is not deterred from that, is still making it and is on Project Runway. So, um, yeah. We also hear that Alan Tude has never been to mm-hmm. the print section of Mood. My gosh, that's So that's, that's a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um so yeah, I don't know. I, I I really liked this this intro here because so many people were already into their own type of animal print. Shavi is another one who was wearing like a purple leopard top. It was like on it was like uh, purple on black. And um I believe Chelsea also has like these cat eyes slash leopard print glasses. Yes, <laughs> so. I know. I know. So they go on and on. Wait, go ahead. Sorry. They go on and on. Yep, yep, yep. And then you know, to I on top of that, Mike Marquise and his talking heads is wearing this amazing snakeskin thing that he wears, and that you know, it will become kind of a refrain later on. So just keep note of that snakeskin top. All right, ready to go to mood. Oh, Patricia, are you ready yeah. to go to mood? Okay, yeah. I just had to make sure that you're ready to go along with me. I need like consent. Uh, I'm all ready. <laughs> Definitely ready. Okay, um, so we get to mood, and we are greeted by Christian Siriano, who is wearing a leopard, kind of like a guayabera shirt, <laughs> but because. Christian is so tiny. So there are these black panels. So it's leopard, but it's split up by um, these black panels. They kind of look like little suspenders on his little body. It's just really (laughs) adorable. And um, yeah, so he comes in, introduces introduces them. They get 45 minutes and I believe $250 to shop. And uh, they dash. Swatch has to trot away for cover because, you know, they're disturbing everything. All the peace. And, um, I mean, I also wanted to know about how you felt in terms of their choices of animal prints. Because it seemed to me that not many of, that quite a few of them didn't know what an animal print was. Mm. Well, they all seem to be doing the same thing, except for one person. And, yeah, and who is that person? (laughs) Oh my goodness, that person is Marquise. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. No, not Marquise. I'm sorry, Delvin? Yep, it's Delvin. 
it is Delvin, right? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I was really excited by what Delvin gravitated to. And I was sort of like, oh, thank God someone is thinking about something different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's one of those questions where everyone's coming up to Christian and going like, oh, is this animal print? What animal is this? Does this count? And so Delvin comes upon this gazard. I don't I don't know where that is in mood, actually. But he finds a, a parrot print or like a feather print. And a green. A green. Yeah, green and some reds and blues. You know, it looks like a parrot. And it's clarifying that, that it is an animal print because I think also it just looks so different from all the other examples that they've gotten. I mean, my God, Carly was wearing the same thing that uh, Christian Siriano is wearing like that. So I feel like people have been primed to look at what a print is and even the color scheme because most of the um, snake skins and um, tiger skins that people get are this, you know, on shades of between browns and blacks and topes and, you know, and then we have Delvin who finds this really, really deep green parrot print. Which is yeah. beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's really great. Um, and we also have like a bit of, so I, I mean, I noted Nancy. I mean, we don't really see much of Nancy during this episode, but she, you know, she knows, definitely knows what an animal print was and, and somehow managed to find an animal boucle somehow. There was some really textured fabric that she had. And I'm just like, wow, she, I think she found the animal prints in all the different sections. But yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. And then there's something about um, one print that Christian said. I forget whose it is. Is it Nicole? I forget. Or Brittany, mm-hmm. where the person asks, is this really an animal print? And Christian said, yes, it's cats. And that's an animal print that actually doesn't look like an animal print. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was excited about that one too. Yeah, because it's actual cats. Like, think about, like, an actual, like, a house cat print. Everyone has big cat print. So leopard, panther, cheetah, um, tiger. And then... Zebra. She, yeah, or zebra. And she found this print with which, with an actual house cat on it. <laughs> Tiny little house cats. Um, yeah, no, I love that. I think that, I think all of that qualifies. And, um, and that was Melanie who found that print. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we also, again, we have Jeffrey. Poor, poor, poor Jeffrey. I think he is determined to blow a gasket before the middle of the season. Before he's eliminated, he's going to, there's going to be steam. Um, his body's going to explode. He's bright red again. Um, and he calls himself a perpetual, I mean, he calls himself a miss shopper. And I think that's a perfect way of describing how he's going about this whole thing at Mood. He's just like, I just, I miss shopping again. Like, again, I'm here, you know, three seconds left and I have nothing. Mm. I mean, come on. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. that, that would be me. So I can't, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would it really be you though? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Totally. Oh. Well, the last, I feel like the last 30 seconds of his shop are so intense that 
everyone just kind of has to shake it off. Like he's, it's just, it's just so much. It's, it's, it's a lot. Um, yeah. But anything else happened that happened in mood that, um, you know, kind of made an impression or, or stood out. No, no, not really. All right. Okay. So let's go back into the workroom and, uh, yeah. So we come back in and, again like what I really love about these little sequences is that they're all these wonderful interstitials of the designers talking to each other um and so we have an open conversation between um Alan Tude and Tyler who I think are both thinking way too far ahead in the future about how to you know work a runway when you don't have your outfit yet together but (laughs) I don't know if you thought about this they're dreaming. They're dreaming. Yeah. I thought it was funny because I think that's, you know, again, okay, we're we're seeing into their process and we're seeing how they come about certain things. And I can, I think what I'm seeing or, or what I'm getting is that they start off with the effect of the clothes first, just sort of the emotional effect yeah. or the drama of it before they have an idea of what the silhouette and the structure and the fabrication and all other stuff is going to be. Before they've chosen what colored threads, it's just gonna be like, okay, what kind of reveal can I have? How how is my yeah. model gonna look on the runway? Can I have a cape? <laughs> yeah, I mean that you know you have to start somewhere. You have to start with some kind of idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. May, may as well be that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but yeah, but Alan's a theater kid, so we hear a little bit about his background. Yeah. And a dreamer. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, Alan's a dreamer. Um, act- an actual dreamer. And then legally a dreamer. <laughs> as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. No, I think that's really great. Originally from Monterey, uh, Mexico. And um, lives now in Texas. And so we get a little bit about, um, I you know, grew up wanting to be in theater doing some of that acting. And so I think that also lends a little bit to his personality. <laughs> being yeah. Theatrical and being quote unquote extra. Um, but also he has like this funny growl and I'm not sure if the growl is themed for this episode because his whole thing, he's like, you know, I want an old, an old cat, but stylish. Like she's about to, like she's about to die but stylish and I'm just like okay all right okay we have a growl now I feel like every week we're going to have something added on to to I would say round out what this thing called allentude is Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah (laughs) um but yeah so I I forgot to mention up top this is a two-day challenge which is kind of crazy to me because this is also something that Bravo is doing giving the designers twice as much time as usual. Um, so, so this is day one. Essentially everyone is just kind of sussing their stuff out, um, trying to get their stuff down conceptually. What are they actually doing? Um, but we also have some time to deep, to, to dive a little bit deeper into people's backgrounds and so we go from Alan to Delvin. So we learn quite a bit about Delvin too. 
Um, first of all, I feel like so Melanie points out his fabric. So Melanie again, who has like the cats, the actual cats on her, um, on um as her print, and then we have someone else who has an unconventional print, um, Delvin with his parrot stuff, and the way she asks him, she's like, "Oh wow, yeah, you actually, you you really chose some great fabric." She seemed kind of jealous to me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I I thought the same. Um, I thought the same. And I thought, oh my God, we got this amazing shot. If you're watching the show, so I don't know what the time tracking is mm -hmm. like for different channels, but um, just playing it off of Roku, it's at minute 14, mm -hmm. like 40. I, I'm looking at my notes, so it's like 1430 something. Mm -hmm. um, you get this tracking shot of the the garment that Delvin is making and it is beautiful. Oh yeah. And it's just, you, you kind of see the bottom of the, of the garment and it, it, it just looks It just really, really ravishing. And as, yeah. as we're getting that shot, as we're getting that shot, Delvin is also talking about, and this left me a little bit sad, but, um, Delvin is talking about, I love street. I'm going to paraphrase. Okay. Cause I don't, okay. I didn't write down like all these things. Um, I love street, but I like rich street, basically any street. That's not like where I came from, you know, anything that's mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated with, um, what did he, what, what did Delvin say? High class fascinated by yeah, upper yeah. class. I anything that was about and i and i wrote it i wrote a little bit of it down anything that's higher than where he came from that's what yeah, he used. that which, was essentially the phrase but there was something about fascination there that mm -hmm. um like i'm fascinated by the upper class or something like that yes yeah um, and that that's fine um but i was it, it still left me a little bit sad because I always want someone like Delvin, and we've had plenty of contestants. I think that the phrase was fascinated with the upper classes. Mm -hmm. um, this this fascination thing is what I get hung up on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really because I I wish I want to see you be fascinated with your creativity. I want to I want to mm -hmm. like I I want to I. I want us to be let in mm -hmm. to how fast you are with your creative process and what you have to say. And I, I don't really want to be interested. I, I, I don't want to be looking to the upper class for style guidance. I don't, I mean, we have, that's what we have already everywhere. Yeah. That left me a little sad for many reasons, but also on a creative level. Um, yeah. I, I, I hear you. I mean, because there's something um, you know, there to me, I, I, I heard a bit of a shamedness of where he grew up yeah. and, yeah. It, and that's okay. Yeah, that's totally I fine. Think. And thinking of those areas, I mean, I grew up in, in South LA, which is a part of LA where, um, you know, people would, would think who didn't live there, that it's someplace that is too dangerous to go. And, and generally when that's a thing, especially in Chicago, which is also super segregated, South side equates itself with a lot of things that he brought up, not much money, um, dangerous, but also 
black. And so it's like, there are these things that, you know, the way he, he speaks about his past to me also left me um, disheartened and a little, a little sad for him, but also, yeah, I, the same thing where he, he, you know, he's coming in, he's wearing a, a, a lab coat and so traditional and holding to these ideals of couture, but European couture. Um, uh-huh. And also, again, to see what he was making from the very beginning, just kind of laying out the, the pattern pieces that he cut out from that parrot fabric was just so gorgeous so amazing and yeah in a way and we don't know yet this is just this is episode two we we really don't know what delvin is capable of and i i am guessing and i'm assuming um based off of his experience that he's capable of a shit ton like just so super skilled and yeah and so knowledgeable but clearly oh yeah but one of the things that i really love is that he was i think taking a risk in choosing this parrot um, fabric. And at least like, that, that was like a little bit of something that was not quite traditional or something that was not quite holding to um, some, oh God, uninteresting idea of what an upper class person would, would wear. Because like you can have your customer, everyone has their customer, it's fine. But I also am wor- worried that it's going to stifle his creativity because he's just... Man, he's so good, but so trained in a very particular way. So, well, for me, I have nothing against the training, nothing against um, the aspiration, nothing against wanting to build upon who you are and where you're from. Nothing against that. I, nothing against that, right? Mm-hmm. But it's sort of this fascination with the upper class. This really is that your standard, even if you go to study with someone who does couture and you wear a lab coat, that's, I would hope, I, I hope, I would hope that this would be one element that this person comes from mm-hmm. or, or pulls from, one element this p- person pulls from and not necessarily something that dictates their whole aesthetic formation. Mm-hmm. And that's what's like, oh, I hope, but I was also very delighted with Delvin's choice so far. So yeah, as much as like, reacting to Delvin's words I'm very pleased with what I saw so yep, yep. and he <laughs> so hadn't much- sewn anything he was just draping it and laying it on top of each other I was like oh that's great <laughs> so excited um <laughs> and I mean also despite him I'm just like I don't like him at all as a person definitely not someone that I would like to take out for drinks or whatever or just kind of hang out with you know just not my cup of tea personality wise but you know I just mad respect <laughs> for yeah, what he was able absolutely. to do. So, but also to, to go on to someone else who deserves, I also think like, you know, reluctantly mad respect and also is a personality that I'm, I'm not into. So Sergio and then Brittany. Um, so Brittany and Sergio are having an, a conversation. They're friends now. And we get to hear a little bit about Sergio's inspiration, which is his extra cat. <laughs> His cat who acts extra, not not like a, not like he has two cats and another one. Um, right. <laughs> anyway, so, but he's trying to explain why I, you know, I think in a way, or trying to justify putting a train on something, or and also justify making what he wants to make, which is evening wear. I don't think he's really into street chic at all. Um, yeah. 
So he's, he's like, describing this. He's describing this to someone, uh, you know, at a moment in the show, Brittany, who looks like Britain, who looks like they're dressing for a cameo in a as a nun in some kind of 1950s movie. Did you catch that? <laughs> you mean the so, thing that she put on her head, like she was like, yeah, kind of draping. Like, Oh, what's that thing that I've never seen? The Handmaid's Tale or The mm-hmm. Handmaiden Tale mm-hmm. with Elizabeth Moss? It's, it's like, what is going on? Like, really, they're taught. Like, that person can hold that topic, of that line of thought while that's going on on Britney's head. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Handmaid's okay. Tale is, is a version of, of urban chic, you know? Like, they lived in cities. <laughs> okay. I learned something. Once again, I'm learning things and, and I so, love it. No, but you're right because that's that's a thing that we'll see later on. Because I, I feel like whenever there is an, a, a chic urban or an urban style um, challenge that people are just like, oh, hoodie, I want a, I want a hood. And so it's like, yeah, you know, um, giant hoods of Handmaid's <laughs> Tale. Th- that was urban. <laughs> it was an urban yeah. uniform in that Puffy. time. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. No, yeah, no, I, I, I totally caught that. Um, yeah, no. And, and then we, we, uh, you know, we kind of like go around the room a little bit, but we come back to Marquise and a little bit about his background too. And Marquise is a ballroom diva. There are all these amazing photos of him as different types of like, in 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 clothes that he's made himself for himself, obviously, but um, yeah, they're just like like lots of shots of him with these costumes and capes and sort of things that I've seen um actually on the red carpet, of or some iteration of of them on the red carpet, but also, <laughs> um, I think he's, it looks like he, he's starting to make the shirt that he wore the day before. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what what I noticed. I was like, "Huh, where have I seen those lines? Where have I seen those seams that cut into the shoulder so interestingly?" I'm like, "Oh, you wore that shirt yesterday." <laughs> I'm so excited to see it, but I've seen it. Yeah. So yeah. Um okay. So we do get some Christian critique time, unless you have more to say about Marquise, because there are a lot of photos. And I mean, um, I, nothing else to say other than I'm also very looking forward to seeing what Marquise does. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to all that regality, all that like super handsome stuff. Just so great. Um, okay. So Christian Siriano rolls right in. He kind of like, you know, saunters through the gigantic door and poses in front of it and makes him look even smaller and even cuter. Anyway, so he comes out. He's like, guys, Dai Young's alive. This is hard. I've thought that from like day one. I is in your shoes. Um, She's back home. She's going to be alive and we're not eliminating her. And everyone's like, OK, great. OK, good. Oh, my gosh. Great. You're not going to torture us and take another one of us away <laughs> prematurely. Um, so yeah, so Dayang's alive and well, um, and back in the penthouse asleep while they're, you know, working their asses off on day one, <laughs> but, yeah. it's, but it's time for critique. Um, so again, we have to move on from this heavy news of Dayang's health to 
and actually actually making making these clothes all right so the first person christian kind of um happens upon is our dear victoria from aldolva and uh yeah any thoughts on on what we have from victoria so far patricia well, right away, it's looking like the same thing Victoria made last week. Oh, and, and right? how is that? Of, uh, <laughs> well, in the same, unless I'm mistaken, but in that one side of the garment is half, and the other side is another half. Mm-hmm. Because last time, last week, I believe it was Victoria who made the half space, half something, um, top dress, mm-hmm. halter dress thing and this is another another instance where it's two halves that don't really go together yeah one side is this like white crepe we find out later it's a crepe and then the right side is um a gray and white snakeskin fabric yeah i thought the same thing um yeah it's just it's it's just really two pieces but she's kind of like wrapping the white crepe around and um but also on top of that like you know I'm I'm a little worried about the outfit but she is obsessed with this chartreuse neoprene purse that's shaped like a samosa and it's like okay (laughs) here here we are why are you focused on the accessory and also the accessory I she you know it, it's not it's it's interesting it's interesting what it is that she's really passionate about and it's not that dress it's that purse <laughs> so yeah um yeah and it's a solid color there is there's no animal print on it but you know fine um so out of everything you know she's using the least amount of of animal print so far and no one said anything about that. It's like, I, I guess as long as you put something in there, that's fine. But she, she's hardly using any animal print in this outfit. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Ne- next we have Tyler. And Tyler's doing Tokyo Underground Street Style. Based uh, or also inspired by Origami. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Wait, what'd you say? We said origami at the same time. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What I mean, I, you know, Tyler is interesting to me. There's something up with his face, <laughs> where even as even his mannerisms, and so I feel like so there's this wonderful moment in his talking head when he's talking to the camera, and the you know the producers are interviewing him, but. He's he makes this origami person that it's clearly that he's made this a million times before and it's so elegant and it's so graceful and it's it's just really beautiful and wonderful getting to know Tyler a little bit and Tyler is in his corner and you know maybe I'm misremembering this but I think of Tyler as that only child oh yeah he is an only child as the only child who just kind of figure out how to um occupy their own time but also kind of develop this perfectionism and or maybe that just temperamentally is a perfectionist and how great it is that you find origami and so but the way he made it was just so 
it was just a very precious moment. But um, but yeah, but there's something really tight about Tyler. And I think him being into origami, it just it, it explains the tightness of it in a way. Um, I don't know if you got that from him, but I'm there's there's something really controlled, almost too controlled about him. Yeah, that's yeah. And there was something that Tyler said that I did not understand, which was something about clean lines that or making clean edges. That's really beneficial to figuring out how garment works. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe when you're making a pattern, but not when you're wearing it. Yeah. Right. I think so that was a bit of a, that was something to me. And I'm, I'm going to be thinking about this, this expression as Tyler moves through the competition is sort of, I know I'm going to keep coming back to that and seeing mm-hmm. how, how does that inform Tyler's success throughout the competition? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mostly thought of it as, you know, the underpinnings of a garment or, you know, those, those very, cause to me, Work, working from patterns is incredibly difficult because it isn't intuitive. It's like you have to think three steps in advance and, you know, sewing like the right sides together or this is how you put a lapel on or this is how you um, start like a, a French seam or this is how you make a dart. Like even making darts to me is just, it is mystifying. But so I, so I kind of understood it in, in that sense, but, but a, a part of it was, um, you know, you know, so anyway, so he's, he's, he's using all of this, like this, uh, inspiration f- with origami and Tokyo underground street style to make drop crop pants. And I think it's, it's in, I mean, we're in a, we're in a moment in time. So we're on the cusp of 2020 and we're in that moment where Christian Cirano is looking at this drop crop pant idea and going, um, I don't think this is fresh. Um, and I remember the days when the quote unquote drop, well, the, 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 a drop crop was called a poopy pant and it was <laughs> something that was a gigantic no, no. It was something that I think really, really, like, I, I think Nina hated a poopy pant and Tim Gunn hated a poopy pant. But now we have Christian Sirianna being like, um, that's been done before. I can see that outside right now. We're in New York City and everyone has drop crop pants. Like I want them. Everyone went, you know, there's like a, a group of people who everyone went to the Himalayas and found these pants and came back and just, you know, it was a super hot summer and they're great to wear. Um, and so they're, they're all around, but it's, it's, it's to the point where you can question whether or not this is something that is fresh. That is the operative word for this challenge is fresh, which is a 90s term, but still. And I have, (laughs) yeah. And I have two things to add to that. And one Mm -hmm. should be foregrounded by the other, which is the first thing I should say is that Anybody who knows me knows that I love a poopy pant. Mm-hmm. Like I am poopy pant fiend eBay or yeah. <laughs> so, but I think that what Christian was doing here, for some reason, I didn't really read it so much as anti poopy pant. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I think it was more about the freshness, and I think or the freshness factor of the whole thing. Yeah, and I think that 
for Christian, the, the freshness factor was really the relationship between the print and the poopy pant. Mm. Because Chris, Christian did stress is like, are you using the print in a way? Like, what's the relationship between the print and the poopy pant? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and I thought, even though I think that Christian is more, um, what's the word? It's not sarcasm. It's not irony. Passive aggressive? Um, <laughs> passive aggressive, yes. But also he's kind of, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'll, I'll, I'll think back and say. Mm-hmm. But he's visually more, it's not sarcasm. I forget what other word I'm looking for. But whereas previous the previous mentor, Tim Gunn, was just very direct about what's going on mm-hmm. or mapping out a path for someone to find a way there, Christian makes a face. Yeah. Christian makes a sarcastic face and then says, do you think this is like a new thing? You know? Um, so there's a little bit of visual cue there that I don't think, I think Christian's counting on people to understand what that is, mm-hmm. but no, no Christian, please speak it because that's more useful, you know? Yeah. I mean, cause that reminds me of what Nalen brought up. Um, last week about how Christian, because I, I find the questions passive aggressive and annoying. I would rather you just say what you're thinking rather than like, do you really think that's great? Like, do you think that print's working there? And so I, but about I'll you know rec- recall what what Nalen said as that is a, a a way of introducing a little bit of that doubt without being. This is not mm. how Nalen would put it, but like a punch in the face or something that is, and I think along the lines of what Tim does as well, where he never gives you the answer, but he'll ask you the question or 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 um, mm. offer it and say you should consider this. And so with Christian, I think it's I'm coming around to it that it's his way of saying consider this, reconsider this. Um, it's just in yeah. a very Siriano esque tone perhaps yeah and i I found the word i was looking for which is sarcasm is that sarcasm he's just like super i think did i say sarcasm before and i was like no it's not sarcasm no but i think you got there he's just just very sarcastic like visually he kind of makes a little face and tilts Mm -hmm. the head and yeah and i think it's good to introduce doubt absolutely but maybe not through sarcasm because then it's not easy to understand then it can be mis if someone came up to me with sarcasm, I would be like, okay, you go be sarcastic over there. You mm-hmm. know, I wouldn't really take them as seriously as I, as I should, if that's how they're delivering something that I should pay attention to. Yeah. You know? Well, we move on from Tyler and I think we, we quickly moved past Xavi and a, and a couple of other people. And then we focus a little bit more on Veronica over there um, in her corner spending a lot of time on something that she actually hates. She tells Christian. Um, but yeah, she's, she's over here. She is, she, we really, didn't really mention um, her in the mood section, but she was having a hard time finding an animal print because she wanted something very flowy and light in the chiffon section. And Christian led her through the light weight fabric section with all these animal prints, but she didn't like anything that she saw. But then she decides to buy six yards of this 
barely there leopard print mm-hmm. and i it looks like it's you know very light pink very taupey color but yeah she's really struggling over there uh because she just doesn't like it i i don't know did you have anything to say about this like <laughs> I, I, I was very uninterested. I didn't understand it. I didn't know, you know, the challenge. Yeah. They didn't say make a challenge for dancers in the show. It was like inspired by the show. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I, I thought this person might be thinking too narrowly about the, the, the challenge. Maybe. But also it's weird because I think it's not that difficult to make, make a, a, a garment about movement, especially when you buy mm-hmm. chiffon. So, and I, so again, so Veronica, we get to hear a little bit about her and her background. She, in her talking head, talks about how she comes across as this soft, light little fairy, but she's actually a tough, independent, capable person. And I'm not convinced. I just really was not. But yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's, and it, it, you know, she has uh an affect to her that does come off as um uh a little bit more laid back um more paced at a at a, at a slower walk perhaps and mm-hmm. but i could still feel the stress coming off of her and this just not really knowing where to go like just being very very lost um what they end up settling on is something that she was actually excited to make which were bloomers mm-hmm. So that's going to happen. Yeah. 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 Um, so next we, uh, we move on to uh, Alan Tude, who's making Yoda on a dress form, according to Siriano, because it's, it, it is crit time, but Alan makes a huge mistake of actually going to get a kudo bar. I call him kudos, but do you guys, re- do you remember kudos? <laughs> Those snack bars? Yes, of course. Yes, I do. I love kudos. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I'm just imagining that their their craft service table just has a bunch of kudos on it. And uh, Alan just goes back and forth <laughs> getting a snack. See, this is, why, this is why they're getting sick. Last week it was a table of <laughs> with a pile of macaroons. Now it's, the kudo, now it's the kudos. So it's like they're just getting sugared up. And then you can't really tell if Alan is jacked up on sugar or not. Like he's just kind of always like that. <laughs> so he's jogging back and forth, jogs in front of Christian with his snack. And Christian's like, listen, you got Yoda on a dress form over there. And as soon as he says this, they pan to his dress form. It To me, it doesn't look like Yoda. It doesn't. I think what oh. Siriano is referring to is just a general Jedi outfit, period. It's not particularly yeah. Yoda, and I don't really think it's yeah. Jedi-ish. But at the same time, you know, I was kind of thinking, when are we going to get a Star Wars-themed challenge? Because, you know, <laughs> instead of this freaky cat movie that I'm never going to watch, and I have to say, Patricia, like I tried to get in the mood for this by listening to the soundtrack from the original Broadway play. Oh. Not into it. It was just, no. I just, I just don't like it. And just like, well, I, I, yeah, I'm not wowed by it. And so then I switched over and listened to John Williams this morning because that's more inspiring to me. And also Star Wars comes out five days before Cats. So I feel like it could still qualify as a holiday mm-hmm. movie. But anyway, it just made me want 
to change the challenge. <laughs> He's like, yeah, but also that's you like knowing culturally way too much about that. For somebody like me who's never <laughs> seen those things, I'm like, oh, I know what Yoda looks like and, and, and that voice that is the Yoda voice and the mm-hmm. attitude of the sage that mm-hmm. is about that Yoda is about. So for me, I read it as you're making, you have sh- some shapeless thing. You have some garment that has no shape and no style. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, because, okay, let's describe what he's actually making. So far, it's this weird short turtleneck thing. It's like a frock with a, like a, like some animal print thing wrapped around it. Um, nothing's cut into it, but it looks, it is so shapeless. You have no idea. The print where he's placed it looks really strange. It's just kind of this solid meh color. It's, it's like this weird taupe, but it's kind of like, I, the, the way to describe it is just like, eh. this is meh color. And then like some print as a sleeve and it looks terrible. <laughs> it just looks like nothing. I shouldn't say it looks terrible. It just looks like nothing so far. Yeah. He's not exciting. No, not, not, not at all. So Christian leaves him and it's like, listen, get it together. (laughs) Please just do something a little bit more exciting, fresh. All right. Yeah. So I I think that's all of our critiques. So we don't see Christian, you know, kind of like wander around with anyone else. We just kind of focus on these designers for the most part. Um, And he leaves them so they have more time to the end of their day. Did I miss something? Yes, yes. I think we missed. Did we talk about Shavi? Oh no, we didn't talk about Shavi. Because Shavi, I was thinking, oh my goodness, you are making the most traditional thing. Wait, so then in a way, did he talk to Christian about that? Oh no, I didn't have that in my notes. Very briefly, right? Yeah, I think it, very, it very briefly, because Shavi is working with zebra prints. Yes. And yeah. Christian said something like, "Is this the only print you're using?" <laughs> Yeah. And, and and I think that's why I didn't really write anything down. Cause I'm like, it's, I think it's okay to use one thing. Yeah. So many other people are using one thing. Um, but perhaps because with zebra and we'll see later on, you can do so many things. Those are basically lines. He, he just bought a very graphic print. All right. So yeah. Christian scratches like an abandoned cat at the door because no one will open it for him. They forgot. They just kind of like locked him in the workroom. I think they decided that he was going to just stay there but you know it's not a real door so he just walked around it and left and then we're we're still just with the rest of our designers um towards the end of day one so they head home and and alan is very excited to see da young so so as soon as they get home they they um they go into her room like she's still resting and she kind of explains a little bit more about what happened. Um, did you notice that her hospital bracelet said risk on it in giant letters? No, no I didn't notice that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just in my head. I'm like, what does that mean? How sick is she? Should she even be here? <laughs> like, what? I know. I know. And actually, now that I'm thinking about, did we, did we um, does this happen after the moment with um, what's that design's name? Is it Brian? Oh no, the designer. Okay, so we see Dayang's. We get Dayang's health update 
before Christian meets with Brian? Is that how it goes? Um, we get the health update. We get two health updates. Like we get a health update that she's alive. And then at the end of day one, when they come back and she's she's just back in bed and she talks about how like the doctor was okay. basically like your system was shutting down. <laughs> just oh. your organs weren't working altogether. Um, Cause she describes this really horrible feeling of feeling she was lying in bed, but feeling as if she was separating from her body and from the wall. Like it was just, you know, this, okay. it just, the way she described it just sounded like her, she was just completely out of it. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we wake up the next morning and the 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 designers, most of the designers go to the workroom to work and then Dayoung has to start from the very beginning, essentially. So she's working on a one day challenge instead of a two like everyone else. Um, yeah, what were we going to say? Nothing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, feel free to chime in. Yep, so... So she gets some time to sketch by herself and they send her to mood, but she offers that she's going to use the um, South Korea's national animal, the tiger as her inspiration. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. And at this point, I'm very excited for what Diane will do. Very excited. I mean, you know, she's looking breezy. She's looking healthy. She's, drinking water now so Mm -hmm. it's like all right so uh get your act together you got some rest (laughs) you know um (laughs) and it just kind of seems as if she's not that bothered by having just a one day challenge and it's almost kind of like okay great um perhaps she's just plainly happy to be alive so it's like okay all right we get our priorities straight take some of the pressure off of this situation and then just kind of, you know, tackle it. Just, just go head on. So, um, yeah. All right. So we head back into the workroom and we are in the midst of the second day for all of these designers. And we kind of get this crazy runaround of them all working with their fabrics. And we have, (laughs) I don't understand why Alan is like has a thing for stuff that looks like ponchos but um we have a shot of alan in the mirror kind of like draping something over his body that looks like things that he already has worn (laughs) before yeah um Yeah. yeah and also veronica has a ton of leather and she's sharing a space with victoria who from aldova who asks her oh well are you great with leather? You got a lot of leather over there. And Veronica's like, no, no, I make a lot of wedding dresses and I don't make a lot of wedding dresses out of leather. So I'm just like, leather is hard. Yes, it is. It's a really difficult fabric to work with. And um, she doesn't. So, okay, this is the thing, you know, shout out to Samilia, Samilia Kolar, who's out there is a, fine leather worker and works with leather I you know it's a very unforgiving type of fabric and also she didn't buy anything to line it with but when she says this she's like oh you know I don't have anything to line this with even though she's going to make like 90% of her outfit out of this leather that's unlined I thought of there is a way to work with this leather 
where you can make it less obvious to the judges on the runway that you are not lining it and that you're just going to kind of show the wrong side and all of your work and it's going to look unfinished. But there is a way of doing this without having that happen. Yeah. I mean, not that I know what that way is, but I know people are capable of it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because she's just throwing over her head. She's like, I don't, I have nothing to line it with. So I hope they don't fault me for that. I'm like, yeah. Famous last words all the time on Project Runway. We're like, you know what? I didn't have time to finish this him. I hope they don't fault me for that. They always will. If Nina's yeah. on your panel, they always will anyway. So, <laughs> um, so we also have Dayoung's return. Uh, or I would I put in my notes, Dayoung debuts or re-debuts into the workroom. There's this weird like welcome thing for her. <laughs> so it's like at this point, I'm just like, okay, she's alive. Let's get over it. You have one day left. Get to sewing. Anyway, so perhaps I'm just being super impatient here. Um, but yeah, but also did you notice that her her work area mate, Tyler, was wearing this peacock top? Um, you know, this kind of like festive, another type of animal print, peacock. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I don't know why I'm pointing this out. It's just that there's something up with Tyler's face. <laughs> there's this like, he has a beautiful face. Like there's this, like with this peacock top with all of these like wonderful colors. And, and also Diane comes in sort of like a bat out of hell. Like she's a whirling dervish. She's just kind of dropping things and <laughs> draping things on the floor. And she's only got one day. And then Tyler is just like elegantly around her like, Oh, so are you going to do that? Are you going to do this? Just so calm in the face. I don't know. There's something up. I'm suspicious. <laughs> For no good reason. But just like there's something up with your face. I don't understand. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So we also have Christian back in the workroom and also with some news. Yeah. Do you know what? Yes. The, do you want to say what the news is? <laughs> Oh dear, the news. Um, there is there is a surprise oh guest. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Okay, now I know what you mean. Um, well, there's actually another bit of news that is announced then later. But surprise guest judge is um, Marnie Serafont- Serafonte. Yeah. So Marnie's back. She's very excited. Yeah. Um, so you know, listeners, if you we're around for last season. Marnie had a f- special feature on the show as sort of like a, a guest co-mentor who would focus on styling and accessories and yeah. would come in the day of the, of the runway or during the crits with Christian Siriano sometimes and just give really great quick and practical feedback on like how you could dress up something or use some type of thing on the accessory wall or help you choose between shoes. I don't know. It, it, yeah. She always super helpful. And so I'm, I'm just glad they're using her in this way. I think she, she'd make a great judge. Um, but I also think she'd make a great permanent thing somehow, like some extra segment with Marnie. I don't know how they would fit it in, but I, I agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. So it's also model time. So it's time for the models to come in for their first fitting and uh 
yeah, I mean, any thoughts about this time with the models? And um, now, you know, we're still getting to know a little bit about these um, these designers and some of them are working with the same models, but we're all, we also have Christian in the room as well. So it's like a model fitting slash Christian time on top of it. So, well, I mean, so, oh goodness, so much to say. Um, really liked how, um, the young was really just ready, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed how, um, I, th- I think the name is Nancy, how Nancy was describing the creative process mm-hmm. with gar- garments. It's not me, it's we, we decide. And there was this whole <laughs> fantastic moment where Diane is describing this process and the way that the editors decided to portray this is they've decided to intercut it with footage of Nancy using what I believe, I'm not sure, I'm really not sure what it is, but I believe or I thought it was a handheld um, stitching thing, like a, like a handheld stitcher. I don't know what those things are called. Yeah. Because um, it, it, or maybe even like a, a handheld seam ripper or something that she's slicing into the fabric. It sounds like a razor, but it's, I don't think it's a razor. <laughs> yes. Because Alan made a joke. There was some Alan-tude about, mm. I need I need a trim, come on over, Nancy, or something yeah. like that. <laughs> but um, I thought that was really hilarious, the way it was like, when I make garments, it's all about the... <laughs> I thought that was really cute and added... It was just playful to watch. It was nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I love... Oh, my gosh. I, I, it's it's going to be a gif if I can get this together. But there... But, Nancy's model is standing there kind of like, really? Is she really slicing into this fabric with my skin underneath? You know, it's like there's she's being very careful, but um it was just, you know, kind of some precarious moments where I'm like, is she using a scene ripper? Is that a blade? Like what is that? Yeah. What is this? And I what think is this it? is the this is the time when um Oh, what's the name of that designer? The person who dressed Billy Porter before Christian. Is his name Brian? Oh, Sergio. <laughs> Sergio. 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 There's a little tension between mm-hmm. Sergio and Christian once again. Oh, and uh, Kale Surprise. I mean, Sergio's over here making a full on high low, like a low gown. High low. Um, yeah. And also just can't help but be a bit of a jerk. So let's describe what he's making. So he's fitting his model. And of course, as, as, as y'all will remember, his inspiration is his diva cat back at home. And if his diva cat were, you know, a tall person walking down the street, definitely would wear a train, um, you know, walking down any place in Brooklyn, Manhattan, whatever. So, but also Sergio, if his, you know, if his cat were a lady in real life, she would be only be between the ages of forty-five to sixty, because those are the only people who can afford his clothes, um, and that's who he designs for because he is a high-end designer and he only wants to design for people who can pay the money. Um, yeah. Yeah, Where let me it? repeat my, my reaction to this. <laughs> uh, really? It's sort of like, again, like, 
how can you know this was filmed what within the last year and a half right mm-hmm. we know this is not you know I, I can't watch this and pretend it's the fantasy that it's being filmed every week i i, I yeah. think about this was filmed a year and a half ago or within the last year and a half yeah um so really, like in the way that fashion as an industry has been moving towards, um, we're all complaining about the environmental repercussions of fast fashion, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, w- what typically have been called legacy brands like the Gucci's, the Ferragamo's, you know, I, you know, and many more are trying to keep up with the demands of fast fashion. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and the implications of that. This person is thinking, well, I only dress for a certain type of person. And not even, as, again, I only dress a certain type of class. Mm-hmm. Well, why? And and why does that class look like that to you? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, it is, again, someone who's so incredibly talented and, you know, you, you dressed Billy Porter and, and it's almost like, just yeah. say that you like to dress evening wear. Just say that you like evening wear. And again, I think he is retro actively fitting a category on something he already likes to do. I don't know how old Billy Porter is. I I you know, I have no idea. But I I thought this excuse was really just pure bullshit. But also unfortunate that it's coming out of Sergio's mouth because Sergio just has a way of saying things that are perfectly fine but in in a way that's so freaking insulting because i think we have had designers on the show who have only designed for 45 to 60 and i i believe that a lot of those designers are from texas like there's something about texan designers where they love so okay if people remember i think it's season two or three and i'm so sorry i'm not remembering his name but he he designed for beauty pageants and loved those gowns and one that uh won that challenge i was all about making something for the miss usa or miss america at the time whatever and you know but still figured out a way to make things work for showing his range throughout the other challenges sergio just doesn't give a shit this is just him being like this is what i do this is what i make and i don't believe him when he says his demographic is are those who can afford afford it. I think it's just him just figuring out a way to, you know, I, I I don't feel, I'm not going to say lie, but just in how Delvin has this, like (laughs) this weird, okay. I shouldn't say like weird emptiness inside. Whoops. I'm psychoanalyzing them. Shouldn't do that yet. Don't know them, (laughs) but, but we have, we have heard from Sergio um, already. And I, and I, I just, I just have a feeling that, there's there's more to this but also I was thinking there's no there's nothing wrong with making clothes that you think are high-end um or that you aspire to be like those you know like Gucci or Ferragamo or Chanel or whatever that's totally fine but there's also a way of communicating it that I think makes it so transparent that Sergio at his core is a terrible person (laughs) I don't know Last episode, Sergio said, I make politically, what was it? Politically driven evening wear. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then this week, it's, well, I only drive for a, a, a 40 mm-hmm. to 60 woman. By the way, yeah. fine. 
like there's nothing I, I I celebrate people designing clothing for people that are not teenagers, right? So great, but why again? Why uh, why keep it within only a certain class bracket? Right, That's what I'm right. Like, what's so politically motivated about that, Sergio? Explain yeah. it to me. Because yeah. at this point, I would not let this person come near me, you know. If, if I was like, okay, let, let's just imagine for a minute, totally unrealistic, that mm. I am, like, working at Umbro. You know, do you remember Umbro? They make, like, soccer gar- soccer training wear. Yeah. Like, yeah. Umbro. So if the Women's Cup is happening and I and I'm I'm calling up designers and I don't want to call Stella McCartney because even though Stella's awesome but has done Adidas, has done, you know, all these other big brands and I'm looking for a young designer, mm-hmm. not young, but a lesser known designer, to come in and rebrand Umbro for the women's soccer team. Mm-hmm. This is somebody who could could politically, you know, driven evening wear would be an interesting angle to bring into like soccer shorts. Yeah. But with this with this attitude, never. Oh no. No, you know, like this is not Olympic level thinking here. <laughs> no. I mean, it's really, I mean, it's, it's so, um, and I, maybe that's what it is. Like it, it just, it throws me off because it's, uh, it's sort of like on the line of, you know, you know, talking terribly about your, your model's body or something. It's just like, there's, there's certain um, parts of his character that are coming to light um, that are being edited in um, because yeah, no, how, how is it that you think that um, there aren't these really young rich people, but also 45 to 60 year olds who aren't super rich, who don't necessarily have that money, but still yeah. want to look great. Want to look, you know, just still want a gown, you know, and, and, yeah. Anyway, I could go on all day about this. Let's let's we and we'll come back to it a little bit um, later on. But oh, more to come. <laughs> I suspect this is just a little bit of friction. I think this is like, you know, I don't know what the orientation of Sergio is, but I'm kind of wondering: is this two gay guys kind of secretly fighting over Billy Porter? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Maybe. No. <laughs> I would I mean, understand. It, you know, it, it, it is a little bit of this. Oh, man. And it's, I wonder what that's like because I feel like, you know, if you can probably feel a little bit of the wall that, I, I will say, Christian probably feels the wall that Sergio is putting up. You know, like there is just this weird energy coming back and forth but also like that the dress that Sergio has made is not great <laughs> it's just yeah. it's just but also I wish that Siriano could find another word besides lady same thing with Nina like there are different words that you can yeah. use to describe why this is not fitting the brief um, because it isn't yes. necessarily urban you know, it's yeah. not urban at all, but you can make up a story. You can make it up. And that's not what he's doing. You can call him out on that. Um, perhaps the ladiness comes in with, you know, her neck's all covered up and her, I think her arms are eventually going to be covered up too. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's fine. But talk about the aspects of it that you don't think are working rather than just using a shorthand of lady. Anyway. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. Um. 
let's jump in. I mean, because also we're rotating around the room and kind of seeing where things are going. And we also have Jeffrey, who once again is has made a full ass muslin. Like just he's he's making a poncho. And I think he's also making some pants. And and he he made the muslin for both of them. <laughs> so this, of course, freaks out Christian because he's because, again, Christian's like, seriously, when are you going to get into real fabric? When are you going to go? When are you going to start sewing? <laughs> um, no one is helping yeah. this nervous energy of Siriano um, in the workroom. Yeah. Well, yeah. Siriano's very anxiety inducing. It's like work, 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 no break, no snacks, no break, no snacks. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> it's like, and it's like yeah. no break, no snacks, and snark. <laughs> oh, that's the word I was looking for. Snark. Snarky. Ah. <laughs> Not sarcasm. Excuse me. I said sarcasm twice before. I meant snarky. Yes. Okay. So like snark, tilt. Snark, head tilt. You know, that sort of thing <laughs> snark sounds like shark i feel like there should be a snark print or something um anyway oh that's good i i would love that because it feels like that ought to be its own little kind of animal or some some type of thing that you could imbue into an outfit absolutely yeah all right so christian leaves them alone finally and we do have some time towards the end of day two. We have Nancy bringing out her razor again. And we have, you know, our, our normal people freaking out, you know, just kind of the typical thing. But did you notice that Delvin is finished? He's done. Yes, I know before anyone else, right? Yeah, I think. He had 15, every, I heard 15 minutes called and Delvin's like, mm, I'm done. Mm, finish. Yeah. Amazing. Skills. Man. Skills. That's the thing. So seeing that compared with the franticness of everyone else, you could say that Delvin's not doing enough because you have Brittany in the corner over there making her own print, which mm. could be wonderfully creative or just plain old stupid. Just in terms yeah. of how to deal with his time. Um, I think she pulls it off. I think it's fine. But also, it's not as if she was making some type of print or an animal-based print interesting. It looked like she was essentially doing something that she could have bought at Mood and then spent some time doing something else with the garment. Yeah. So. Yeah. Did you notice that? Because she did mention, like, you know, the print challenge is where you can start painting on things. And if you're going to paint, this is the challenge to paint. But I'm yeah. like, no, it's not. I don't I don't agree with that. Yeah, it wasn't make your own. No, no. That's another challenge. That's another challenge, yeah. Yeah. And there's so many animal prints at Mood. And uh, instead of being so stressed out, about the painting part, you know, just could have left that up to let the print do the work in that sense. Like, why would you put on more work to make the print? So, yeah. 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 Anyway. All right. So that's the end of day two. And the next day we wake up, we're still in the penthouse 
And we have the designers all kind of like, you know, gathering around and talking to each other. Everyone's glad that Dayung is still alive. And then we have Veronica in her room on her bed talking to her daughter. And I guess whoever, whatever family member or person is taking care of her daughter while she's gone. So Veronica, a, a little bit of her story is that she is a single mom and has been um, missing her daughter. And, but I, I would say like in the line of a lot of other designers who go onto these shows and who have children and all, or are switching careers or doing something that um, is a little bit risky. Like she's, she's kind of thinking of herself as doing something for herself but also setting example for her daughter as a way of, I think of also justifying the time of way time away. But yeah. Yeah. There's a tension, there's tension there. There's clearly a tension. Yeah. There are tears, lots of tears. And this is the yeah. first time where we got like a backstory where I was like, mm, maybe you should go home. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's time to go. It's, it's time to go, Veronica. You're struggling and you're crying um, for a good reason, but it just, it, it, I just kind of, it looked like her resolve was, was seeping away. So yeah. In my head, I'm like, I'd be okay if you were eliminated. I think, I think you would be okay if you were eliminated. That's, yeah. that's, yes. yeah. Anyway. I felt, I mean, I felt that same way later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also have like some, um, some pillow talk between Tyler, Chelsea, and Sergio in their room. And uh, Sergio is, you know, once again, pitching his bullshit political slant on his design. And I think he was kind of thrown. Um, I think it was he was like, I would say Tyler prompted him as maybe kind of a joke or maybe not. Sort of like, mm. well, Sergio, you're you're the political designer. How is this going to be political for you? Oh, gosh. Finally. Yeah. Can you describe what he says? I, you know what? I was just like, uh, I was listening to that going, please stop, please stop, please stop. <laughs> because, because I'm wondering, well, what do you eat? You know, mm -hmm. not to be judgmental, but it's really, it's been really hard for me for a long time um, to separate like what I eat and what happens to animals, right? Mm -hmm. So when uh, Sergio was lecturing about, oh, well, what's going to happen to animals? We're not going to have any animals. We don't take care of nature enough. This is all so random to me. Mm. <laughs> it just seems really pulled out of pulled out of the sky for a camera moment, but I mean, rather than Patricia, a genuine like, expression. We, you know, we're inspired by animals, and we make animals we eat animals but we don't take care of them that actually could be a thing you know like somewhere out there true, people aren't true. taking care of their animals absolutely and okay so that's true but i mean this is the challenge to address that with the garment that sergio made it's well like, if if you think about it yeah, well, his it's you know you can look at his model, but to Sergio, he sees his diva cat. He doesn't see a human oh. being. It's <laughs> it's his diva cat. He actually has anthropomorphized, or the opposite of that, the the anti anti and and um 
anthropomorphization of a human being into a cat person and have can we do that are any of the other designers seeing their models as actual cat people almost Uh. like based off of the movie cats and so so his model is embodying you know an idealized version of you know the person who actually lives inside of his cat and so his crazy train is bringing to life the <laughs> inner craziness of this cat that he so loves because no one else in that room loves his cat like that no one no one else in the room loves their print or you know their their uh, their baby zebra you know does Shavi have a baby zebra that he loves no do do i mean i mean does veronica have like a, a baby chiffon cougar that she's taking care of at home no she has a real she has a baby she has has an actual human child that's all she has yes but sergio has a diva cat and so therefore he's better than all of us this is the best project runway rant (laughs) i mean of of all time (laughs) in my opinion oh yeah yeah i mean but you know what um i think Tyler smells a rat. So that's the thing. Because, I, I, like, Sergio has no idea. But Tyler, even though I'm suspicious of his face, there's something going on there. There's something behind those eyes. Tyler <laughs> is aware enough that he's like, you know what? I think this guy, in, in, you know, in so many words, basically calls him conceptually dishonest. <laughs> I think that's the worst he gets. And I feel like Tyler probably is so good of a person that he's going to hold back judgment but kind of is feeling it. I mean, come on. Sergio? Yeah. Maybe that's how I'm going to get through talking about Sergio. Because he's probably going to make it pretty far. But I dislike him so much. So maybe if I just kind of like go on these crazy um, bullshit rants. I'm like, okay, bullshit for bullshit. So I'm going to I'm gonna use that as a jumping off point to just kind of make light of this moment. Because Sergio, <laughs> ooh, <laughs> struggling. Yeah. Yeah, and even there's actually somebody who I'm hoping will end up on my bracket, Chelsea from Chicago. I mean, this is the way I remember them all is like name and location. (laughs) I think it's Chelsea from Chicago who also does a little like head tilt Mm -hmm. at all the meow meow talk, you know, crazy meow meow talk. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that, that whole moment was kind of hilarious, but also like, oh, my goodness, get off the pompous swing time, you know. Yeah, yeah. Man, I can't wait for a swimsuit challenge. What he's going to do then? He's going to make like a <laughs> something to drown a girl with, and with a, like a gown or something. Just so much yeah, fabric. It'll be, it'll be heavy. It'll be made out of metal. <laughs> it'll not float. <laughs> oh, what kind of story could you spin for that? Anyway, yeah, um, it'll okay. It'll be all about the ocean, the things that that all the trash of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> so I make beautiful trash out of this heavy wool fabric that you know is meant for the ocean because you know it she it's going to pull this girl down to the bottom of the ocean floor she's going to become one with a coral reef or something like I don't know okay anyway all right okay let's move on because it is the day of the runway so let's get into the workroom and yeah, no, there's just like a lot of stuff going on, but it feels like 
they focus a lot of time on these two hours before the runway. Um, we do get hair and makeup. We get a little bit more of hair. I mean, a, a little bit more of makeup this week than last week. And I think we might get more hair next week um, because we kind of flew past that whole deal. But um, I don't know. But so Delvin is done, right? He was done last night or he was done, you know, yesterday afternoon. Um <laughs> And is doing this thing where he's trying to run away from Christian. So we all know that Christian is set off by you eating food in front of him and also laying down for any type of reason, you know, any kind of self-care. Christian is not into it. So Delvin really... very triggered by any of that. Yeah. Very triggered by any of that. Now, are you nurturing your body? Are you done with your garments? <laughs> so Delvin probably wants to nurture his body by laying down on that chaise and eating some more kudo bars, but he is instead playing playing kind of like hide and go seek around the other designers who are working their asses off. This was annoying to me because I it was played for funny on the show, but I'm just like seriously, Delvin. I feel like you're running from Christian, but at the same time, you are flexing how finished you are in front of the other designers, just rubbing everyone's nose into it. Everyone's harried and trying to snip things and tuck things and sew stuff at the very last minute. Nancy's still got her razor going. There's like, right. you know, right. die young is like dying young in front of your face. And you were oh, running oh. away from Christian Siriano. It's just like, yeah, and, and getting help from a lot of people also, which was wonderful to see. Oh, die young. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But not Delvin. No. Which I'm fine with. Because honestly, she had a gigantic number of people helping her out at the very end. Which is a beautiful thing. It was be- it was beautiful to see. Whatever. Camaraderie. It's great. <laughs> well, it's, it's so rare in the real world that when you see it on television, it's like, yeah, it's more of that. I know. You know. I know. I don't know. I think I think that's that's really great. Anyway, so um, <laughs> Christian does hunt down some problems. He does find something to snark about. He finds Victoria and her chartreuse samosa uh, samosa purse. And yes. um, holy crap, <laughs> Victoria and this purse. I mean, I just thought it was the cutest thing. But she has um, figured out how to put it together with the um, with the challenge. And she somehow, I don't know if she painted this or planned ahead and found some char- a chartreuse colored snakeskin um, piece of f- uh, fabric as well. Um, yeah. 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 Anyway, there's a lot going on in these two hours before the runway. All right. Okay. Anything else before we head to the runway? No, no. All right. Let's get there. So, listeners, this is the time where you can click on the link in your show notes to get to our cheat sheet this for this episode. And, um, yeah, let's get to the runway. Okay. All right. So, we have everyone out there. And um, Carly kind of stomps from around the scrim. And, uh, okay, 
This is the thing. So far, I've been underwhelmed with everything Carly has been wearing. And that includes last season. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this, but we're we're in a print challenge and she comes out wearing a um, you know, a a, a black dress an a-line kind of with little flounce on the bottom but it's got like a bunch of like like a macrame tie motif going on um over a plunging neckline it's fine it's really great i mean i i really liked it but you know i didn't think about it in relationship to the print challenge but i think that might be the best outfit carly has ever worn i actually went online and i spent some of my commuting time doing this Instead of reading important news, I was actually searching online for Carly 2019 season 18, I'm sorry, 2019 season 18 PR looks. And there's, I couldn't find anything. I wanted to know who oh. made those boots. Who made those boots? Because those boots with that, the, the um, like torso top of the garment was mm-hmm. a great great styling choice I, I mean it was very matchy matchy mm-hmm. but it's the kind of matchy matchy that i like um so well done carly love right. the outfit <laughs> yeah i was just super underwhelmed by it but it, no it, taken I, yeah no i not like wow, wow it was more subtle yeah yeah i agree because i was wondering if there's a little bit of it where she's like is she a lion tamer and you know, with those kind of boots, like, you know, it would would have looked great as an accessory to have a whip. But then it's like, do you really want to conjure whipping animals? I don't know. Not with this mm. challenge. So like, yep. I'm like, oh, where are the prints? Very. Well, it could have been a uh, fox leather. I know exactly. <laughs> what is that? I don't I still don't know what that is. What is fox leather? I loved it. It just feels I like an oxymoron. It. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So let's get to the runway. Um, I'm sorry. Have to, to announce the judges. Because we do have our normies. We have Nina Garcia, Elaine Welteroth, Brandon Maxwell, and then guest Marnie Cinefante <laughs> wearing these amazing crazy boots. Um. But also, we have a little bit of some, you know, fashion history from Carly where she says, you know, Coco Chanel says that fashion that doesn't hit the street is not fashion. So, which means this is another flash sale, meaning the winner will have their look manufactured by 19th Amendment and then sold on BravoTV.com. This is the second episode and this is the second flash sale in a row. So apparently it's going well. So nice. it's great. All right. Yeah. Okay. For real runway time, for real. We start off with Tyler. And Tyler, again, inspired by origami and Japanese street fashion. And Tyler has instructed his model. So if you're not watching the runway or if you haven't watched the show, um, so the, the model gets to the end of the runway and then she does like a street fighter punch. To me, she looks like a street fighter, char- fighter character in this. She has a little punch. And that's because her entire outfit is just lined with that leopard print. There's leopard print under her armpits. There's leopard print under her shoulders. And you, you lift, lift up the little, um, like little, I don't even know, you, you would call them epaulets, but it's almost like cat ear epaulets on her shoulders. And there's probably like leopard print 
someplace else like in the middle like in in her shoes or something where you can't see I feel like Tyler just (laughs) kind of went really crazy with these details but what are your thoughts um it was okay not my kind of thing but it was okay yeah Yeah. I still think that is one one instance where Tyler might have benefited from listening to Christian had Tyler been able to listen through the sarcasm mm-hmm. you know, or, or this. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, uh, I, yeah, I, I totally agree because it doesn't look as if he changed the placement of the print. So it, it's in the same spot where it was when Christian um, gave his critique and it's just kind of like laid out there. It's draped. And most of the interest, I think, is in the shape of the pant um, and not necessarily using the print in a very interesting way in particular. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, as opposed to our next designer, Veronica. I'm sorry, Victoria. Whoops. <laughs> Yes, yes. I guess I'm confused. Yikes. Yeah, I know. I have to say Victoria from Moldova. That's how I that's how I remember her name. Um, so next is Victoria. And um, she, again, like it's half and half. It's still half and half. But there's a lot going on with how she's using and incorporating the two types of materials she has together. Um, man, I struggled with this. I did not like it at all. And also, you know, Victoria kept saying, I make stuff that's modern for two weeks in a row now, and then uh, fine with modernity, but does modernity, is one of the conditions of moderni- modernity a bow? <laughs> this is where the designer loses me entirely. Loses me entirely. So the bow is on that shoulder, and and I think I like that you brought up the bow, because in my head I'm thinking it just feels retro it feels 80s or it feels like a very it it feels like a time in the past um you know it it is very you know balkan new wave disco it's great Mm. but i don't know i I just don't know where it's going yeah yeah i also i thought the bag was kind of lost in it and in a way i was thinking it would have been more interesting to use that neoprene with that print perhaps instead of having the white um mm-hmm. oh, you know that's a great idea because she was ha- she was struggling with the white and i think it's because so she talks about this later where she likes clean lines and that dictated oh gosh what a word and that dictated how sh- she chose her print she wanted something that was graphic and um had regular repeat so nothing too um too random or anything that actually looks like you know um, kind of more spaced out but and I think she chose the white as maybe like a default because what else goes with it there's white in the print so I'll use white on the other side mm-hmm. of course and then the pop of color would be the bag but she loved that bag so much and I'm just like was it the bag or is it the color or is it the fat is it the fabric and somehow she could have put that into the outfit Um, I would have liked it a lot more if she did that um uh, and and why I thought this is one of the most poorly accessorized runways, I think mm. that I've, seen. and I, I can talk about that more later. Yeah, I mean we can go into the next 
designer Jeffrey with the hooded poncho, a cinched hooded poncho with a bunch of horizontal lines over this leopard print, <laughs> probably a print that maybe um, Veronica decided not to use. <laughs> it looks like the same kind of weight. And he's he's got yellow in it, too. So he's he's got these. I don't know. What what would you call these like sunflower yellow pants? I don't know what to call them. Um, but one thing that's frustrating to me is when designers do what this. Oh, um, yeah. I, I don't even know what to make of that. Of the, I just don't know. Of what? Of the whole thing? Of the whole thing. Yeah. 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 We can move on. I mean, I, I poor like Jeffrey. The, I like the little, I like the cute thing that the model did with the fingers. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was one way to like spark up the outfit. Oh yeah. You know? But that was all on the model. Yeah, the Sorry, models. Jeffrey. The models are quite amazing. I mean, they're always amazing, but definitely adding some to these outfits. And I think, um, to kind of transition to the next designer, Brittany. I think the model, this is a great photo of this model, but also I think a good example of how she walked the runway and made this, to me, very meh outfit look great. Um, mm. Like she had a really nice rhythm to it. But in a way, when she came out, I was like, okay, maybe I get Britney's style because there's this buckle thing going on that I think happened with the last outfit that she won on. There's something yes. similar here and especially with the, the different levels to, or the different hemlines to her skirt that I think are great. Yes. But also she didn't finish the animal print. Yeah. The hemline right? was very consistent. Um, I was very wary of this look, by the way, the model superb job, but I thought anytime um, a garment uh, is moving down the runway with a lot of, um, I don't know what to call them. It, it straps, for yeah, lack straps. of a better <laughs> So first of all, sashes and straps. Yeah, straps are not practical. They get caught in things, you know. It's and also it's one of these things that we've seen on project project runway a lot, you, you know. And in the season that Brandon was on, there was one designer who won. I think he, I think Brandon won that season. Um, who did? Uh, menswear before coming on the show mm -hmm. and then everything had straps flouncing everywhere like 1996 rave right and I, I'm just so tired of seeing straps on this yeah. runway to make garments. no but Brandon Brandon was the strap designer that season and I I whoops <laughs> can't call recall the actual number I think it's season 15 whoops uh sorry about that but yeah no when this walked out I was like ugh straps again we had a whole season of straps with brandon yes, and, i know yeah and then also it like what's up with this crop top because i was trying to look for a moment where it, those straps weren't flouncing around and you know distracting you from what's actually happening and i think i also was looking for the print but yeah, yeah. but yeah. when when we have a moment that the straps are not bouncing around for no reason we're kind of stuck with this crop top with a bib and this this is strange to me, and this is not I, I don't understand what what's going on. I mean, and that, 
and and speaking of okay i love these transitions of a strange and not knowing what's going on next we have alan (laughs) oh right right yeah okay so what is up with this skirt and what's up with the matchy mashy he found some boots that that it 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 matched exactly the top that he made for Asia. And so, okay. So Asia comes out and, and does her twirly twirl because Alan loves a twirl moment. And I think Alan is lucky that he has Asia who knows how to twirl properly. But yes. also, again, like in terms of like looking for a moment where we're not being distracted by all of the little flouncy things that are happening. Um, this is a strange drape to this skirt. I, I don't really understand what's happening. Because if, you, if you're watching the runway... Um, you do have a shot of so Asia turns like four times, mm. maybe, maybe six times. So you can see mm. the back of the garment, but um, it's it's very curious how he's fixed it. It's almost like he, you know, had the Yoda version of the outfit <laughs> at first, and it was you know it was like choking the neck, like it was like all strapped around the neck, and it had you know the 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 snakeskin sleeves. He takes off the snakeskin sleeves, but then he just puts, he makes the neck wider and makes it into a skirt. And then everything that was too low or hitting the ground, he just picked it up and then hooked it into the back. Uh, uh, (laughs) That's just what it looks like. And it's. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't understand it at all. I didn't understand. I didn't know where to go with it. I didn't know what so fresh about it or, how was the print done in an interesting way? Why the same critique that was given to Tyler by Chris by by Christian Siriano, I found myself thinking along the same lines in relationship to this garment. Like, how are you using this print in a new way? Yeah. Where, what, where's the fresh factor that we haven't seen? Or, and not that you know it has to be wow 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 every time, but some little element has to bring some kind of wow. Yeah. Um, and I just, I didn't detect any, you know. Well, okay. And so let's go do like a quieter moment, I guess, next with Shavi. Um, yes. So, so again, like I, I, I completely missed this moment in the workroom with Christian when Christian's like, this is the only print. And I, in my head, I'm like, I trust Shavi. I feel like, you know, um, he'll play around with that print and those lines in an interesting way. Um and I thought this dress was fine. It's just that you can't tell from the 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 cheat sheet, but this model actually had a hard time walking down the runway. I'm okay, I shouldn't say that. She walked great. She's a great model, and so she made the most in a dress that is very constricting. And I think she, the way she worked it, you you had to be watching, but it looked like a bit of a struggle to walk mm. down the runway in this dress. Yeah. Yeah, and I think even though I did not like this look at all, I did find it interesting. I yeah. found it interesting that someone took an animal print and re um, repatterned it, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. I don't know the terminology that I should be using. Um, so, listeners, please forgive me for using wrong terminology. <laughs> but did not, but made a new pattern out of the stripes that they were dealt. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So that was interesting for me to see and how that was fitted and how that was moving. That even though I didn't like it, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed what happened. I agree. I mean, there's a lot 
going on. And again, like he used this graphic print again, the same thing with let's, you know, go back to Victoria where her snakeskin is more. Okay. Let me see if I can zoom in there. It, it, you know, it doesn't come off as a straight animal print. It comes off as like a, like a, like a fractal of an animal print. And so when it's that graphic, you have, you have a leeway to kind of mess around with it. And that's just my bias towards print. I I like prints that are mixed up together and that are put together and really interesting and um, confusing or, or surprising ways. I love that. And I think that's what he's doing here. He's just kind of playing around. The only thing I don't like is just what he's done with the neck area, because that's the most vertical. It's the most, you know, straight up and down. Like it's, it's a pretty straightforward kind of, you know, neck choker type deal. And it, it, but it feels the most different from everything else. But yeah, no, I agree. Absolutely. And we, we know we've lived in a post Antwerp seven time (laughs) for about two two decades, right? We have, um, I don't know how to pronounce this Dutch name, but um, I actually Belgian. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a Belgian name, Dries van Norten or something Norton. like that. Yeah. Ugh, so love, that person me too. I mean, me too. And again, the print, the matching of prints is amazing from that designer. Yes. It's fantastic from that designer. All you have to do is just go cruise on eBay for that designer. And Ugh. even like the the, the hand-me-downs Don't are tell phenomenal, me that. right? <laughs> Why not? It's a great eBay tip. <laughs> just see what I can afford. Well, even on eBay, they're very expensive. Oh, I've never had, I've never had good luck, and I try. And um, yeah. So anyway, point being that we live in a time where there's a lot of sophisticated examples out there um, for print matching and making, and it's and it's exciting. So yeah. that's why I'm really excited for this challenge. All right. And so speaking of exciting, let's go into Melanie. Oh, okay. I'm being such an asshole. I'm being very sarcastic about this. What? I did I not like this. Did you like it? You know, um, I don't think I know how to appreciate these things, <laughs> but I think that, <laughs> you know what? There's something that this person was going for that I think might be really fun to wear. I just didn't see it. You know what? And I thought about it because I'm like, I, you know, I'm getting on Sergio for his stupid train and having to picture a real person wearing this in an urban environment. And if you can pull that off, you can pull this off. But this this feels like a little bit more doable. But again, I, you know, it is skirting. <laughs> it is on the line. It You know, so in the image on, on the cheat sheet, the model is stepping on the train. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> she's stepping on it. Um, it's just not practical but also again um man she just kind of the shape it's making seems um just like she's working around with these squares and that is her aesthetic I'm I'm understanding that that is her thing but there's something about a missed opportunity with this really great cat print like you chose something that was different and then you Mm -hmm use it in a blocky way on top of this meh color. What is up with this meh? Like it's a very meh taupe to me. And there so. are so many swirling triangles from the sleeve, from the back train, from the side panel. There's like, 
it's like a, a swirl of triangles that I don't mm-hmm. understand the need for them. Yeah. Um, and of course, this is a runway. You want to be impactful. Of course, that's that's what we require. Sure. But it also, it, you yeah. know, like it's, oh, man, I, I just wish you'd just use that print and just kind of figured it out. I think it w- I, I would have enjoyed it a lot better, especially so because Brandon from the sideline was like, is that an animal print? I think that's a great question to ask. Is it an animal print? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Tiny cats. Yes. It's a great point of discussion that we didn't have. Yeah. 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 Um, but, but then we then had on to next. Delvin. Um, speaking of prints that are kind of a, a point of conversation. Yeah. What did you yeah. think about how this walked? You know what? I liked seeing it. I thought the craftsmanship was to my eyes. And again, I, I don't do this kind of thing, but it seemed really impeccable. Just watching watching it move down the runway, it seemed really impeccable. Really appreciated the asymmetry on the collar, mm-hmm. where it wasn't like a matchy-matchy kind of thing. I did not understand. I thought the sleeves were a little bit frumpy for this kind of garment, and I thought the buttons weren't quite right. I also didn't understand the snake belt. Um, yeah. So again rising on this whole runway has been terrible so far and then i look at them like okay like you said samosa bag what and all these other things and then it gets to this beautiful beautiful print and and beautiful response to the challenge and then i'm seeing the snake belt i'm like okay but i was also sort of thinking what an uptight construction for such a beautiful fabric it's kind of like Taking, okay, let me just think about something in relation to this. Taking like Monet's water lilies Mm. and putting it in a, I don't know, like a really cold and stark warehouse that's gray. Mm. You know, you sort of wonder, huh, how did this get here, you know? And so I, I think that made me think about this pattern, like this beautiful, luscious color and print and um, and, this, and this fabric that also has a beautiful finish that mm-hmm. seems to go with the print of the parrot, but then it looks really uptight. And you can do something that's classy looking, but not so uptight, um, i.e. even Armani, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like you could have played with a neckline that was deeper, helmet langish, you know, kind of more edgy mm-hmm. with that print. But that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it is not my style. Like I I don't I you know, it it it's not a silhouette that I am attracted to and it it looks like a coat dress and I love coats. So mm. some of you listeners know, love a coat. Um but there was something about that belt there that it it was it, it was to me very unnecessary and sort of but maybe, and this is because I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm, I'm hopeful about Delvin because he's so skilled clearly and has yeah. so much potential to do crazy, wacky new things. And I'm thinking maybe this is a try into this mixture of prints or doing something that is outside of his haute couture training. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm afraid of it. But what what I'm afraid it actually is, is this necessity to have something that looks like a cincher or 
it, since he's making something that's coat-like or trench-like, okay. even with the, um, you know, the wrist details, like it, it, it's like a, a, a proper coat that that's just sort of the thing that you do afterwards. And I saw it on the accessories wall. It had a snake on it. This is an animal print challenge. I'm going yeah. to put it. I know in this runway, I really felt like I felt their pressure to to pick from the accessories wall. You know, <laughs> everybody picked little bags that seemed like they would fit a philo, a, a small, a mini philo fax, but nobody mm. uses philo fax anymore. So what, you're going to put like, you know, one of your, you know, half jumbo Samsungs in there and a lipstick and mm. whatever else. But it's sort of like, I don't know. If you're wearing that coat, you're going to be not wearing that kind of swingy bag. Oh, no. Um, you know, and also I thought the hemline for this for this kind of print, that hemline did not seem right. It, for me, it, it needed to be less uptight, but also lower. Hmm. Like a less uptight construct, but a lower hemline so that it could feel um, more movement hmm. somehow. I don't know. But, I mean... Nina lit up and this could be the editing, but no, I think it's in real time. Like she just like squirmed around and did like her head tilt and she was just genuinely charmed by it. Um, But also because I can imagine that in person that that thing looked like a million bucks. Like it just looks, it looks so purposeful and there's that symmetry is crazy, but also it is quite refreshing to see, something that's not a big cat skin or zebra (laughs) leopard or or what else yes that alone is amazing and by the way i even though i'm sort of saying all these things that i don't like about it i didn't love looking at this i did yeah it was a delight to see in some ways yeah no it was amazing all right so next we have chelsea who actually in her piece didn't have any accessories but she made a hat. <laughs> she made a cap. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, I mean, I just assume since it's, or maybe she got a cap and wrapped it in the same fabric that she made her outfit in. But I noticed that, I mean, especially when you were saying how you felt the need for them to have some type of accessory, and I know that not all of them did, but I think yeah. the one thing that Chelsea did have, she made it herself. Yes. Um, very- point yeah there's a lot going on here also (laughs) so much and she is you know she's got these really cool kind of crop palazzo culotte like pants and a crop top and I saw so her model turns around and there are all these things happening on back there's like these little billowy wavy details back there and I kind of wish that she'd put them on the front I don't know why oh I don't know why. Oh, that would be nice. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That would be so nice. Just kind of yeah. like, but only because it's the runway. I'm like, show your work on the front, Chelsea. Show your work on the front. Anyway, but yeah. I, I like that. I, that is very Antwerp 7 of you. Do you know that? <laughs> I love that because I didn't realize just how much I loved them uh, because there is a, there's a Dries Von Norton um, documentary. I think it's, I think it's Netflix. I think it might be Netflix. Yeah. And it's all about one of a run up to a bunch of runway shows and and essentially about him trying to um, 
survive, I guess. But it's not as if his house is struggling, but it is about oh. the pressures of always having to innovate. And um, but him being a part of the Antwerp Seven, you know, listeners, if you have not seen this documentary, I I highly recommend it. But I didn't know who he was before I watched the documentary, and then I and I saw it. And I'm oh. like, I love all of these clothes. I love all these prints that you get to make and how thoughtful the shows are, but holy crapness. I'm that's, that's nice. Well, to hear. I'm, I'm very, very curious to see it because my understanding is that, um, so, you know, I used to have to go to fashion week for a former job. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, my understanding is that those clothing, those clothes are still handmade and they're very expensive because of it. Wow. And, as much as I dislike high price points in everything, I also like uh, craftsmanship and I also like handmade things and I also like um, work and I uh, things that – so I'm, I don't want to make the podcast longer, but I, I just want to take a moment to say that I really, really enjoy creative opportunities that make people come together and make things. Mm. So – I'm now really curious to see that documentary because I wonder if that's true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if those clothes still are made by hand by people and kind of bringing people together in this wonderful kind of workshoppy atelier kind of old style, mm-hmm. right? Because right now we're all kind of taught to be individual studio people. Um, and I've always loved the model of apprenticeship and model of um, maybe workshop is not the right term, but... Um, there must be another English word term for this, but where people kind of, there's a lot of people working yeah. rather than a single, single thing. So, so I know I'm really curious to see that um, yeah. documentary. Yeah. I, yeah. I highly, which... I highly recommend it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe, it, maybe the term is a house. No. A house. Um, maybe no, not. some like when you think about like Michelangelo and who did not, who painted, of course, frescoes and paintings and oils, but did not always do their own paintings. They mm-hmm. had a blank. So that was not, right. I, I wouldn't say workshop, because that's what I think about. Like they had their own workshop and people worked in that workshop and were an apprentice to be mm-hmm. a part of that workshop and, and were employed to and learn skills that hopefully were, that were also applicable to other, other um, things. So... You know, we've 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 that model has been degraded over time. It, you know, has been replaced by indu- industrial production, mm-hmm. which is why those those Dries clothings and the way they are produced, I'm very curious about. And it just yeah. delights me that people can afford to work that way. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's really it's really fascinating to me because, you know, um, it, yeah, just just thinking of this this outfit with Chelsea and I don't really predict, I don't know how this is part of the Antwerp seven, but it it's kind of, I like that you're re- referencing that because there are these textures that you wouldn't expect, um, it, you know, in, in Dries von Norton, especially on the runway shows. And it's something here that I think is, I'm just, I'm, I think I, I like that Chelsea has that proclivity to put that on her garment and it's just like for me, the next thing is put it on the front. <laughs> I just want to see. Well, you do and that's more of that. what becomes. Yeah, that's what becomes Antwerp Seven. Is actually mm. your suggestion is Antwerp Seven, not not Chelsea. Oh, okay, yet. okay, yeah, okay. Um, Hopefully she your, gets there. Your, yeah, your your view of how this would work. Yeah, for me, fits into that early, the 
especially early Antwerp 7 stuff that I loved because I also loved Emile Meester and <sighs> I love all of them. So, yeah. Okay. Let's see. <laughs> how does Veronica fit into Antwerp 7? Just just to kind of, pl- so she's the next one and she's oh, got her bloomers, oh. but she's got this crazy leather poncho top or a bolero top or whatever you call it. Um, this is, not- this is like this Sarah. Oh, not Serica. I just said Serica. This is very like Sarah Jessica Parker, Sex in the City, me, 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 pay attention to me kind of thing. It's I don't think about it. Zentorp 7 construction at all. Or methodology. Yeah, yeah. Um, would you ever wear a, a leather bolero or, or, or a leather crop poncho top? Uh, I, uh, oh my, if it fit me well, I have a small torso. So if I... So I, didn't, I don't buy leather new. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was at a thrift shop and it fit me well yeah. and it made sense with like everything else that I have, I wouldn't mm-hmm. rule it out. But, but looking like that, mm-hmm. I can't say that I would. No. And, okay. And that's you know, it's just not my taste. It doesn't mean it's wrong. Because I honestly have been pondering this since I saw the episode on Thursday. Just who would wear a top like that? <laughs> and in leather, like what would that feel like? But also in the same kind of weather or environment where you would be wearing um, very soft, billowy chiffon bloomers and yes. thinking if it's hot enough where I'm wearing this, these bloomers or this jumper or this romper, yeah. would I also cover my top with something that is a black leather, heavy drape poncho crop top? as well it just felt and then also you know and again it's a runway so of course you can just tie a rando piece of leftover chiffon around your shoulder because you're you know why? you have six yards of it so why not but why why yeah why this whole outfit is why and then would i wear high black high heel pumps you know with this outfit as well um it's a very specialized moment going on here where it would be, it would have to be hot enough, but also not too hot and not too sunny. Yeah. <laughs> and let me ask you, do you think this was an interesting take on a, on a print? Absolutely not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you disagree? Do you agree? I agree with you. I also think, I mean, I don't know these things, but aren't there kind of light, uh, aren't there... Um, for lack of a better term, I'm going to use the dramatic word boudoir. You know, isn't there, aren't there boudoir garments that have this opacity of animal print already kind of everywhere we go and all the cliches of femininity and like whatever? Yes, Mm. you could go kind of crazy and especially in mood. But it's interesting that she ended up on this very soft pink peach taupe kind of color, like a you know, like a meh where it, it, it just kind of bleeds into itself. It just doesn't really work as an animal print. Um, no. And she could have done something. I mean, even in her talking head, so this is Veronica in her talking head, she's wearing color. She's got these interesting prints. She likes to wear lightweight fabrics as well. Um, mm-hmm. But she had this one dress on that looked like she drew on it with a pin, like with a blue pin with lines oh. and everything. It looked really interesting. And so with this, I'm just like, maybe, I mean, definitely there is some 
there were I'm pretty sure there was some tacky turquoise leopard print mm. in there that she could have done something really interesting with. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, if you're gonna start with a you know a, a gendered cliche and you don't begin with neon, then where do you go? I know. <laughs> where does one go? Yeah. What do you What do you do with that? Challenge yourself. <laughs> Man, dream a little bigger. Dream a little bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Dream in color. Why don't you? <laughs> All right. Speaking of dreaming big, um, we have Mr. Uh, you know, designing for the 45 and above who are also gigantic fans of Gone with the Wind, but also want a moment where maybe they can dance a little bit of flamenco in the middle of the day in chicago they, i don't know where is this going uh, yeah as they street sweep at the same time so it's actually a gift to humanity it's actually an ecological gesture <laughs> you're actually cleaning you're a cleaner upper with this it's like with all the fabric that you, you think you're you know you're you're very high class you're you're you know you're you're what what were they called very wealthy but mm. you clean the street as you walk as your gift to you know society and you know what it adds to the color of the dress you know like it's it it, it is not lined underneath because it's going to be lined by the pollution of the world that you are trapping you know like yeah. all the co2 is just gonna <laughs> it's very contemporary it's responsive to its environment <laughs> the train is big enough it's big enough for the ozone layer. That's how he figured out his dimensions. He measured the ozone layer or the oh. hole in the ozone. And like, you know what? <laughs> That's how big oh, this train's going to be. Cause she's literally saving the world. Um, yes. Yes. Man. I, I what was up with this. What, what was up with this Sergio? You know, to be positive about it, it probably was super fun to wear that model looked like she was having a good time walking down that runway. I don't know. I mean, for people, I, I okay. So I am quite. Um, I'm not a fan of ruffles. I'm. Then then there's ruffles in leopard print, and mm-hmm. then there's ruffles in leopard print in a V shape, and then there's ruffles in a leopard print in a V shape situated, kind of above where, I don't know. There, in sort of, you know, an area of reproductive organs, right? (laughs) So I'm not sure that looking at this person, I don't know. Let's just say that, I don't want to make any presumptions about this person, but let's just say that uh, ruffles and ideas of femininity are very tiresome. Ruffles near where a person's vulva might be mm-hmm. very tiresome very tiresome you know so but, but my question also was would you really put billy porter in this and i don't think that even billy porter would have issues with this i think billy porter would need something else like something else not just you know uh you know, another like a black fabric that is delineating some type of extra motion or adding some extra um, structure to this or or, you know, makes it seem as if it's more tailored than it really is. I don't know. 
but I mean, and 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 also since, since this kid has already designed for, you know, red carpet events and things like that. And I'm just like, where could you have spent your time to do something else here? The bar is pretty high. I would say Sergio has set the bar for himself incredibly high. Um, Mm -hmm. Doesn't think that he'll ever be on the bottom. And I think in a way this was just, just way too safe. Make me a jacket, you know, take this leopard print, make me a cardigan. I don't know. Play with gender. Play with gender. Like why, like you said, why is this a gone with the wind revisited in leopard? Yes. You know? Yeah. Uh, this this was definitely on the bottom for me. If I had to put any one look on the bottom, I would have put this one. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's just a dumb outfit for an urban chic idea. The best thing about it is that there are pockets. That's the only practical thing about this. <sighs> yeah, but I don't like, I don't like the attitude of Sergio because... I think they said something like, I put in 10 times more work than anybody else. And it's sort of like, well, so what if it looks like that? I, know. I don't know. Ugh. Anyway, uh, I have nothing else to say about this. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's move on. Um, next, we have Da Young. And. Oh, I love that. Okay. I did not like this. I thought the well, okay, again, I think the best thing about it was the back. <laughs> I really liked the back part where there's this, like this little bit of a relief going on. And it also kind of vaguely seemed like a traditional Korean, um, like something you would see at like a, like a wedding or a baby shower from the back. And so I yeah. thought that was so beautiful, but I wanted something else happening in the front other than this stash but i get it she did she had a she had a day and she was going for yeah. something but what were, what were your thoughts since you loved it well yeah i thought the back was traditional i really liked the front i don't know what the neckline how the neckline works in the front with those sleeves mm-hmm. and where um i don't know this is kind of an extension of how of things that i used to do but sometimes i like things that kind of really up, obscure my figure or mm-hmm. how, and this just seemed like a fun thing to do that in, hmm. you know, just something bulky, but still stylish, big, but not too big. And I, I actually liked how Young played with the pattern and, and is this considered color block, color blocking or pattern blocking? I don't know. Yeah. But between solid and pattern, it was really nice. I liked it. And I did like how she incorporated traditional elements and it felt very um i mean i don't okay i um it just felt nice it just felt good it felt like something that a very hipster soul you know adult who works in the entertainment industry Hmm. might wear down the street and that was that was good yeah i mean i can definitely see this i think there's something i actually did not like the blocking and i didn't like the use of the blue fabric i um there's something about that color that it was i think it's probably the contrast um that was it was too much of a contrast for me but um but i like the back like i really like the back so much beautiful the back is really beautiful i don't think it was the most exciting outfit that this designer will make no but 
I just liked it. I think on the runway where nothing else was understood to me, this felt like something that I understood. So I think maybe I'm liking it more because mm. of that. Maybe. Who knows? Um, well, let's move on to Marquise. Who's up next? Hmm. Yes. So, I mean, this came out. And again, <laughs> all I could think about was like, you wore that shirt yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> But also, so happy to see print use like it like it's it's a print yeah. challenge, and I think yeah. he gave himself an actual challenge of how to fabricate this with at least two different things. Um, at first, I was a little disappointed that he used taupe on the bottom because it's so normal. I I think it's a very safe color. It's a safe neutral, and so if like if 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 we're talking about lip or about animal prints being the new neutral, like I, I kind of wanted him to continue all the prints down, and, but I understand you need a moment to rest, whatever. But I, I love prints and I would have loved that squirt short thing to have also been in these prints, like figure it out. Like how, how do you, how do you do it? How do you make it? Um, uh, don't let it be solid. Don't, don't go solid. Let's, let's keep the moment going. I just thought it was so fun. I want it to continue throughout the whole outfit. <laughs> Yeah, I really liked, I liked this more than I thought I would. I mean, I thought I would like it, but I was like, oh, wow, then the runway, it was just such a wow piece. Oh, yeah. But but I did think, I was like, okay, there's something wrong, and again, goes back to accessorizing. Um, I did not like this little baggy thing, mm -hmm. this, like, little crossbody, you know, fake feel effects holder thing. And also, let's keep in mind, right, this is Marquise. Marquise is a dancer, hmm. is a vogue. Marquise knows about movement and garments mm. a lot. So I'm thinking if you needed the skirt to have pockets, please sew them in. Because I don't think uh, this ad, this bag adds nothing to. Hmm. No, this he, had, he had pockets. Line. There's pockets, but then why? There's pockets, but not enough. There's like a hand pocket. Yeah. Not pockets for your stuff. No, 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 right? no. Yeah. And that's something that I always struggle with any kind of women's wear. And again, I don't, I don't buy Celine, so I don't know. But there's definitely very high-end women's wear that um, does have pockets for things like keys, phone, wallet, uh, mm. where it eliminates the need to have or carry some kind of bag or purse, whatever. Yeah. But that's not easily found at consumer level garments. So when I look at something like this, that bag is tiny. This is streetwear. So, you know, um, in addition to having pockets for your hands, maybe you want to have pockets for your stuff. And this is yeah. something that you do see a lot in Japanese streetwear in the past 10 years, just like baggy pants with a lot of pockets. But people think, oh, yeah, that's stylish. But you see people pick, pulling like cigarettes and phones and sandwiches out of them. You know, so... And that's street, right? You carry your stuff around in a way that doesn't hold you down, doesn't doesn't like weigh you down. Right? You're always moving and you're kind of moving through space like mm -hmm. that. So when I looked at this skirt, I was like, it's a skirt. There's all this room. You could have added like little interior pockets yeah. to eliminate the need for that little tiny like accessory token. <laughs> hmm. It makes me think like if there were some room underneath there because I think the score is a little big it's 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 the hemline is lower than the short but maybe that gives you some room to put some of those pockets to cover up 
the um like that area and you can still keep the shape of the skirt but then yeah. have those little compartments on those shorts because those yeah, shorts were like they're they're like nice and baggy they weren't too tight very practical yeah. they look comfortable and cool yeah no huh that's a good idea oh I, I liked it, but I was like, ooh, it could be more functional. Please make it so. <laughs> I know. I mean, but overall, like, I just, ugh. I just, it, so, you know, I mean, some of the listeners who've been listening to the show for a while know that Dom Strader from season 12 is my favorite um, because of how she's good with Prince. And that, that was her thing. And I have to say, like, when this walked out, I was just like, ugh, Dom. It's like a Dom-esque kind of deal here and I've I just I just loved it because I you know I'm just looking at it. zebra it's and it's also two different types of leopard print going on um, yeah I'm just nice. worried that he's going to do this again this is the only thing I'm just worried that this is going to be a quote-unquote signature look that right. that's going to be some type of you know trope that he's going to go to a couple more times and I'm just a little worried yeah so yeah yeah. okay next we have Nancy what did you think for some reason in my head when I when she was working on this in the workroom I thought it was going to look better on the runway and it didn't I mean, because I I love the way she she treats the fabric, and I think that was, that's such I you know I love craft and crafty things, and when you kind of mess around with you know the general structure of stuff, especially um, using tools and things like that. But I was disappointed that there was a hood. I just you know uh, why why is there a hood? But also how yeah. how the two pieces don't really go together, um, okay. and they're very different they're they're very different pieces and it it would make more sense if you know um she has a skirt that kind of looks like a trapeze or a, like a circus tent and then on top she has something else like a white t-shirt underneath and then that thing with the hood is her jacket that would make more sense yeah. to me um yeah and i wonder if this is controversial if i should say this because for some reason in my head tim gunn is going this is student work like it looks kind mm. of, it looks, unfinished. yeah, like unfinished and also just messed around with and not something that is necessarily practical or thought through as a cohesive piece, but was fun to make. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. And I think, again, the styling on this is not the best because I think it could have been simpler. I agree with you that the two pieces of, um, hood hoodie and skirt do mm-hmm. not go i don't know why a skirt was necessary with it with a, a hoodie like that you yeah. know just a very clean plain black fake leather pant oh yeah with those with those trainers no people will be like wow what a look yeah you know so cool and i i like a hoodie you know it's useful you get cold you can put it on you take it down it's you don't have to carry an extra thing mm. so I, I just didn't like what you what you called a circus tent skirt because it did not seem well made. It did not seem to go with the garment um, or the trainers. Mm-hmm. But again, it comes back to styling. You know, the styling just wasn't great on this. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's our last model and our last right. designer. So yes. um, 
we we did have some time to for for some judging and we have our highest and our lowest scores and the high and the low scores were um oh shoot where is my list whoops sorry okay we have victoria from Moldova, uh, Jeffrey, Marquise, Tyler, Delvin, and Veronica. So everyone else is safe. So including um, Nancy, Sergio, Chelsea, all those people. Alan safe. Shavi safe. Melanie safe. Um, yeah, there's some people who I was just like, wow, you got away scot-free. Namely Alan. <laughs> yeah so yeah um yeah so they call on the um all the designers onto the stage not like they did last week where they divvied up the low and the high scores and made them wait um for you know just kind of for the judges to rip them apart so we have them all on stage and um yeah did anything kind of like stand out in terms of this feedback to you you know, what, what really stood out to me is Marnie's um, tendency, uh, which is not new to us who have who have seen Marnie do this last time. Well, maybe it was more pronounced on the season so far. Mm-hmm. And that, what I mean is Marnie's tendency to always see potential in things. And, mm-hmm. and it's not, you know, like w- when Nina said, oh, no, oh, no, not this, not that. Sometimes Marnie would come back with, potential yeah. that um, was editorial it was more for example Marnie said something like oh I could see Victoria's dress on Serena Williams right now and I was like oh my god yeah cover of Vanity Fair you know yeah. as much as I dislike that bow I could see that because that bow oh god people please forgive me for saying this but it's the <laughs> kind of dated it's the, it makes it look dated enough and modern enough that something like Vanity Fair would want to put it on the cover, but I think Victoria, although would be delighted with that, is probably aiming for a more Vogue Italia type of modernity, right? Hmm. So, but I, I just, Marnie's tendency to see potential is really, really, really fun. Yeah, I mean, especially with, for, I, mean, I, I thought that whole thing of Victoria, uh, I'm sorry, of Serena Williams with Victoria's, piece and I couldn't see it before but as soon as she said that I was like you know what Serena does play in outfits like that like she wears Mm -hmm. the most impractical things and it's only because she's so fucking good she's the only tennis player that can play in an evening gown and win the match and I'm just like of course she would wrap herself up in some like unlined or you know like spandex crepe on one side and Mm -hmm. some snake skin on the other on the other end and her shoulder pads are up to her earrings um, yeah. yeah, no, it was, I mean, it's so not, not distracting, not distracting at all. Not, not at all. And, and again, like I can see her on the cover of a magazine, but also on the court. And then, yeah. you know what? Marnie's a genius. Mm-hmm. I think, I think I, f- I feel, I feel like that's, that's what that is because, because yeah. even with the first one who went up was Veronica and people were just hated her bloomers and how the, Bolero was unfinished and 
her flat hair and Nina hated the styling like she was she was with you there just hated the high heels hated the bloomer I hated the flat hair with this with the bloomers and Marnie was like "Mm, I thought it was fun and playful I gave you some I gave you a high mark right right yeah yeah Yeah. but I think for her is because it was refreshing even though it was bad it wasn't practical and she says this later on in the judging where it was like it wasn't good but it wasn't bad for the reason it wasn't bad because it was a bad looking outfit like she liked how I think the badness is something that she actually enjoyed seeing (laughs) yeah and this is so so interesting because this is like two sides of fashion that we never get to see back to back Mm -hmm. we never get to see the editor's eye Mm. thinking about what is the vision what is the designer's vision what is the design how do I communicate this or break this down for a mass market editorial versus a stylist who's thinking how can I adapt this what can I take away to, to highlight a personality or mm-hmm. what can I add what can I assemble from what from the elements that I like about this or that yeah so yeah I so enjoyed that, that one thing play. I thought was interesting is because Marnie liked Delvin's snake belt Oh, yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. But that's Marnie's the irrational choice, right, also. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there's no rationale for this, so let's try it, you yeah. know, and, and that's. Yeah, that's kind of true. It's kind of off. But also, I, won- I wonder, because it, that was a part of me, too, and I, I could be making up excuses. I, I like that he tried for it. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Better, better that. Um. Yeah, so we can say who generally was on the top, like who had the highest scores. So Delvin, of course, um, had a high yeah. score. So did um, Marquise with the score. But I feel like the wild card was Victoria with her fox her fox leather, and then her she said fox leather and faux leather. So she had her fox leather and crepe thing that was unlined and people had some stuff to say about it, but she had a high score, <laughs> which I just was which so shocked by. Yeah. How? Um, but I think, I think a lot of it probably was because Marnie gave her such a high score. I think it was Marnie's favorite or one of her favorites, I would say. Um. Yeah, and then on on the bottom we have, you know, poor poor Veronica. We also have Jeffrey on the bottom, and then oh, yeah. someone who I was also on the fence about was Tyler, with the origami street or Japanese um, urban street um, inspiration. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, anything about these on the bottom? that we haven't said before or that we haven't mentioned in terms of their feedback. Yeah. All up to here. Yeah. Yeah. So during the judging, they're able to winnow down the the lowest two and the highest two. So what they've been doing in the judging, which I love is that they're like, okay, so, you know, for all of them, they, they kind of liked the, um, I would say the novelty of Victoria, but Victoria was not in the running to win. So it was essentially between Marquise and um and Delvin which I think was just kind of above and beyond of course of course it's going to be those two and then um at the 
low end, they let Tyler slip by because even though they didn't like what Tyler made, it was incredibly constructed and apparently looked a lot better up close than Jeffrey and Veronica because what they've been doing instead of having a paw paw section, which I thought would have been still inappropriate, but appropriate for this animal print, um, you know, it would have been a nice pun in there anyway. So, but what they, what they do <laughs> actually do is during the initial judging is they, they just walk up to the runway and they ask the models to turn around and they take a look and, and which I like because the designer is there and can maybe explain yeah. some things, but also get the feedback at the same time and know that yeah. these people are paying attention to such and such and this yeah. and that and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, Absolutely. yeah, I, I just, I, I like that better. All right, so Patricia. Yes. Out of Marquise and Delvin, who's the winner? Marquise. Yeah. I was surprised. <laughs> yeah. The flouncy squirt won the day. Yeah. They really love that blouse and they really love that squirt. That squirt. So it is on bravotv.com for y'all to buy. <laughs> it's available. <laughs> Um, and unfortunately, out of Jeffrey and Veronica, who ends up going home? Veronica goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think if Jeffrey had gone home, he would have disintegrated in a pool of lava. He was so red up there. I, re- I was actually kind of worried that something was going to happen to his heart. He gets bright red. And the anxiety is just palpable. You can just feel it through the screen. But um, Jeffrey is safe and lives for another week. So, yeah. Um, So, I forgot to mention this up top, but we are going to be choosing our brackets soon. And I am not Mm. giving up any of my preferences because, again, how how we're doing it. So, Patricia... Um, Nayland and myself will be choosing in a series of rounds um, uh, in a draft round. So, you know, if you choose one, no one else can choose that person. And uh, we're getting the lay of the land of just kind of like who's got some potential. And I have to say that I was really ready for Jeffrey to go. <laughs> only, yeah, I wonder only be- how long. Yeah, um, yeah. I, only because like I think he I'm on the fence about him and I think he's an amazing designer. It's just that in terms of his temperament, like I'm really worried about how he's going to hold up. I think, you know, Dayoung was the first to collapse and I think Jeffrey might be the next one. So it's just like whether or not he can survive it health wise. Like, you'd be so great for yeah. a bracket, Jeffrey. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So any last thoughts before we say goodbye? And also, where can people find you? And do you have anything to share? That was a lot. But answers to all three. Nothing to share. Yeah, nothing to share. Um, I can be found on Twitter and on Instagram with the same handle. Um, sense and sight. That's common sense and optical sight. <laughs> so S-E-N-S-E-A-N-D-S-I-G-H-T. Great. And then um, you can also find me all over the interwebs at Erinez, H-E-R-N-E-A-S-E. We will also put in the interweb locations for Nayland as well. 
So next week is the unconventional challenge, which is going to be incredibly fun and festive, apparently. And um, so, yeah. So for that one, hopefully we'll have Nalan back on um, and then we'll have our draft round. So that's all coming up. Until then, we'll say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.